You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Welcome in to the Pirate Playback brought to you by LNK Custom Homes. A tough loss in Houston as Rice taking down East Carolina. It's hard for me to say. As someone who loves my Pirates, 24 to 17. Pirates now 1 and 4. Also very hard to say, but you know, the great thing about our show, it's called the Sports Objective. So that's what we're trying to do. And it's very hard when you love the purple and gold, right, Kyle? Yeah, no, it's um, you got to be objective, and I have no problem being objective. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, last night, um, you, it was a game we should have won, and yep. um, poor red zone execution, not enough ability to make explosive plays, um, offensive line problems. And it's just the problems just could go on and on and on on the offensive side of the ball, no doubt. And uh, let's bring in Bubba Rosenbaum, Bubba, you uh. Man, you are the best. You and Jr. are two people, Johnny Robertson, that are great at numbers, and uh, some of them are just really, uh, really sting when and hurt. Um, but it is, you know, you are what you are. We're one in four. Thank God for the uh, the bye week. I usually don't like the bye week, but I think it comes at the perfect time. Bubba Rosenbaum, what say you? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, definitely have several things we need to address. I mean. Also, you know, as, as tough as this is to say, um, d- despite the 24-17 loss, and, you know, folks don't want to hear this, but um, we did do a, a lot of pretty good things uh, offensively um, d- despite five or six drops and then d- despite, uh, you know, some inconsistencies um, being able to protect and and uh, open, up, open up holes for Rajay. So... In, in many regards, uh, this is probably the, the best we have been offensively, and we, we moved the ball uh, with more consistency than we have all year. And, no, we weren't going against the 85 Bears. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, we, we moved the ball uh, and just didn't cash in in the red zone. And that was the frustrating part uh, because, uh, you know, Alex Flynn and, and sometimes when we when we had – put ourselves behind the chains, whether it was with a, uh, you know, a false start or, you know, negative yardage play, uh, we were able to overcome some of those things with the passing game where we had not done so in the past. And then you go right down the field to end the half. Um, you make what about a 38, 39 yard field goal. And then you go right down the field to start the second half with three big plays in the passing game. Excellent throw and catch. Uh, with Alex Flynn and Josiah Hatfield. And then you have first and goal with the three and get stuffed and um, didn't feel great about it from, from that point on. E- even when we when we tied it up 17-17, I thought, well, okay, maybe we're going to find a way to pull this out. And then, unfortunately. Now, we probably, played horrible football in the fourth quarter. Probably the worst yeah. possession of the game after that. Four plays, 75 yards, the big play in the screen game. And then the deep, Matt, we need to welcome Matt in. Matt, uh, welcome you into the show. 
What's up, guys? Um, you know, a lot a lot of the things I'm going to focus on tonight are the overall state of the program. And, um, you know, I, I think what I've been thinking about a lot over the last 24 hours since that game is the fact that um, this is year five. This is year five for Mike Houston. This is no longer right. the Scotty Montgomery rebuild. Um, these are Mike Houston's players. And what we're seeing right now, fellas, this is completely unacceptable. Um, ECU fans deserve more than this. Um, I'm just very disappointed right now in the direction of the program. And uh, and, and I'm not going to hold back tonight. I'll be very honest. So um, that's my opener. And um, certainly have a lot to say about last night. Bubba, you were talking about um, the, the drives that we stalled on. And, and then the, the after we scored the tie, the defensive – yeah, the, the, we had we had our worst defense, you know, following the scoring drive that we, we weren't playing complimentary football. But one thing that really irritates the piss out of me, and nobody's really talked about it, and they didn't talk about it last night, was you know they had an opportunity, they beating Rice, to put the game away, and they missed the field goal, and then get a fifteen yard penalty, and we yeah. drive at the damn forty, and get, and get about ten yards. I mean, you set up you. They couldn't have gifted us a better opportunity to score. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and we still almost scored off of a goofy play um, that got reviewed. By the way, not for nothing. If Rice can't do better camera work than that, they should not be allowed to produce any more football games on ESPN Plus. <laughs> that was that was the most because they will we, concentrate on the football game. But let me say that good announcers, the sideline girl. By the way, if anybody can get her number, she is definitely my type. Um, you mean smack her mouth. Yeah, I'd love to smack her, boy. I um. Anyway, yeah, but the camera work last night was atrocious. I don't know if anybody else agrees with that. You have to if you watch the game. I tell you what, uh, all the way around, it was really horrible. And you guys were talking about the state of the program. We're one in four right now. We've got to. What we got to do is we got to have a sense of urgency. We don't have any urgency um, right now. I think that uh, what I mean by urgency is. The coaching staff right now is very stubborn. And I think, look, uh, you know, I'm a huge Mike Houston fan, as everybody knows, but I've got to, like our show says, this sport's objective. I have to be objective. And let me just say, Coach Houston has to stop being stubborn about a conservative offense with run and rely on the defense. The defense we weren't conservative last night. Not yeah, exactly. We, we we threw the ball 65% of the time on first down and many times with a lot of success. Um, you know, prior to still, still what? I mean, that, those are the, that's, and I'll I know go I'm just saying we still numbers. have the, I'll go over some numbers here in, here in a little while, but we, we threw the ball 65% of the time on first down. And when we did run it, um, we had some, especially with um, Javius Bond. Camaro Bond didn't Evans. get enough carries last night. Nope. Yeah, you had Javius Bond seven carries for seventy-two yards. That, that's retarded. See what you just and, accused and me for anybody Raj, Raj, by Raj that word. Fifteen for forty-six. Seven carries for seventy-two yards means he didn't get enough effing carries. Exactly, but that goes back to coaching. It goes back to in the game, in-game management um, this year. I don't know what's going on with that. I, I will say, and I, I, I the in-game management. For this coaching that staff has been horrendous. So you look at you look at the Marshall game. We we said all along, guys, when we're talking about. I want to say this. We'll get back to the game real quick. A quick sidebar. We said Kyle. All of us agreed. You had to win the Marshall game or the App game. The Marshall game we let slip away. We had that game in hand. 
Uh, the app game is the app game. It is what it is. And we also said to win Gardner-Webb, we did that. We also said the Rice game, nobody said Rice was going to be a cupcake. I never, none of us said that. But it was a game that we said it was a 50-50 game that we're, we could win. And in the game trouble was that I wasn't impressed with Rice. No, that's what I'm saying is that in-game management has got to improve. And if you're a leader, if you're a leader of the program, just like any of us, guess what? You have to take responsibility and say, and I'm not doing enough to coach this team. It's okay. We would respect you more. If you'll say that, let's get these teams. The, right now, we're having the bye week. Thank God we have the bye week. Um, the first five games have been, like, so hard to digest, and we, we've got to do a better job. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. If if the coaching staff have a problem with me and everybody on here saying that, um, think about your think about your customers. Those are your fans. How do we get fans back? Win more ball games. How do you win more games? You have to score more points. We can defense defensively. I have no issues. Offensively, we do have talent. You got to coach them up. The, 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 the defense has got to play better in the fourth quarter. They did get a couple yes. stops left line after giving up the score and drive. I'll give them credit for that. Overall, I think the defense gets worn out. But sometimes, Matt, you you just got to do what you got to do. You you know about it. You, you you played linebacker at this level. I mean, you you can't. You know, you know. Sometimes you just got to give, give give the offense more possessions if they're yeah. struggling. But we, we passed the ball a lot last night, like Bubba pointed out. Is you know, Rice one of the worst pass defenses in America. So you know, we had the right approach. Now, what you just said, Bubba, that stat about Bonds ten carries for seven carries for seventy two yards. That means he averaged over ten yards a carry. Yep. And, and why in the world did he only get seven carries? That that is mind boggling to me. Yeah. Well, it just goes back to the inconsistency that we see every week, um, the lack of a clear identity offensively with this team. And we've been talking about this for a long time. Last year, we were able to cover up a lot of these weaknesses with this offensive system because of the fact we probably had the most talent on last year's offense as we've had in a long time at East Carolina. Looking back we on able- that, we should have eight games was really disappointing looking back on the talent we had. No doubt about it. And yeah. and so we were over to we were able to um I guess you would say disguise a lot of our shortcomings offensively last year. But right now there there's no there's no disguising this. There's no uh you can't put lipstick on a pig. I mean, it, at the end of the day, fellas, this offense, it's it's unoriginal, it lacks identity, it lacks playmakers. Um we had, I think, we, I want to say we were credited for seven drops last night. Seven yep. drops. Wow. Excusable. I mean, it is, it's at the point now where you're, you're looking at all our receivers and you're saying, what guys, what you have to catch the ball. I mean, this is division one football. Um, and, and it's play really last just- night, Matt, to your point, where Jalen Johnson, it was obvious he didn't catch the ball because he was worried about getting hit. I'll tell you, he he's had his season has been very frustrating. Uh, he's had a lot of drops this year. He was kind of supposed to be our not kind of he was supposed to be our our, our lead wide receiver this year, our sort of our go to guy. And it's really been the type of year for him where if you don't put it right in his hands, I mean, right in his hands, he's not going to catch it, um, which is really frustrating to see because. With this lack of experience on the O-line and a quarterback who's not incredibly accurate, 
you need receivers to make plays, and we're not making them. No, nah, the only guy that's making catches is on a consistent basis, really, is so well. And yeah, he 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 he's um he, he's he's he needs to develop his body more, and he needs to develop a little bit more toughness. But at least if you get the ball, he's, he's got a good vertical. We saw that on yep. the two point conversion, and uh, he will catch the ball. He's got good hands. He's a good possession receiver. But he's not a play. He's not. A, he's not a play breaker. A playmaker. He's not a big play guy. Is what the hell I'm trying to say. But he's a very good possession receiver. Well, how about the catch there? I guess it was the two point conversion. Yeah, he went vertical yeah. on that. That was a great catch. Well, yeah, it was kind of a. It was a really a jump ball, kind of a back shoulder and jump ball situation there, and um, did a did a great job. Seven catches for 88 yards. And yeah, he's um, got a good vertical. That's something that I would utilize more in the red zone going forward, Bubba. It, he does, and and there was one time there uh, where where he um, or a couple times actually where he caught shallow crossers, and you know just and you know I had someone message me and just talking about him you know need, needing to make somebody miss in the open field and yep. and, and yep. one time it was he cut it to the like, outside once when he should have cut it inside. Yeah, he should have cut yeah. it up. I mean, it was a situation where you know. You had the corner on the opposite side sitting there, you know, where he had been playing in zone coverage, and and he just continued on instead of cutting it up. And yeah, he probably he might have scored a, on that damn play. <laughs> yeah, and got got a pretty good lick put on him there on the on the right sideline. Yeah, he's just got a. He's just he. he, he that's something you can show him. freshman. Yeah, exactly, and that's yeah, something that's something you can show him on film today that he'll know. Hey, right. look, cut that up next time. Well. Let me ask you guys something that's been on my mind. And I, I want to ask all you guys. Let's just go around a little bit. Does anybody on this panel think that Rice was the more talented team last night? No. We have a lot of – that's what I'm, my point. We have a lot of talent, and it's got to be – we do. We have talent. He, look, we're letting the Well, coach I'm just talking team. about last night. Last night on the field, when you guys watch those two teams, do you, if you got to choose one roster okay. – um, I take their – I. I they can they can pass block better than we can. Um, they they can't run block for for crap. Um, uh, I, I would take their quarterback if you put their quarterback. Okay, I'll tell you like this. I think we are lacking talent at receiver, but I think we have more talent at receiver than Rice. I think if you'd have put their quarterback with our receivers, we win that game probably forty two to twenty one. Okay. There's no question. More experience at quarterback. And the inexperience overall is is the. I mean, what, what do you I, think, Bubba? Oh, go ahead, Bubba. Yep. I, mean, I really, I think that. Uh, now, now is JT Daniels? Does he have better tools than Alex Flynn as far as arm strength and so forth? Absolutely, but I, I don't think Alex Flynn was the problem. I, th- I mean, Alex Flynn, I think he performed pretty well. You know, yes, he threw the pick on the screen pass, uh, where. Or, you know, we were throwing a screen pass in, into the boundary to the running back, uh, to Javius Bonner, I believe it was, and the Mike linebacker. Uh, made a nice play on the ball. Um, uh, it's one of those one of those I can see how it happened, you know, from a quarterback's perspective. But um, I believe no, it. Sorry, go ahead. Flynn's fine from a game management standpoint. Right. If, uh, he, I, if you took last, just what I was telling Matt last night, if you took last year's offensive line and receivers and had Flynn throwing to them this year with the schedule, we'd probably be a six-win football team, maybe seven-win. 
But what I'm saying is, with a, with a, with a crappy offensive line or a young offensive line, and you know, not a tremendous amount of talent at receiver. We got some talented receivers, some young receivers. Um, you really, in that situation, you need a really experienced quarterback, and that's where I think a guy with the arm of Daniels could make more plays. Flynn's a game manager, and Flynn, Flynn would be just fine if he had a good offensive line and more talented receiver. He'd be just fine. Well, I'd he, say – Go ahead. With JT Daniels, I mean, I know, and I'm not talking about last night because I know he wasn't 100%. I'm saying even if he is 100%, uh, yes, his, his experience would be – of benefit, but you know he's not particularly mobile. Even when he's one hundred percent, I'd say Alex Flynn is probably even a little bit more mobile than uh, than Daniels. Oh and yeah, definitely. If you you got to create, you got to create because, him a pocket. Yeah, because it because even though Flynn, all the Flynn not, does not, not Mason Garcia. Run, he's he's a, he's a good runner, and and I heard it described very well last night by the color analyst Taylor McHard, who had played quarterback for Rice back twenty ten to twenty thirteen. Unfortunately, I think he was the quarterback on that team that put 62 on us back in 2010. Mm-hmm. But um, Alex Flynn, 21 out of 44, 246 yards. But as Matt already mentioned, seven drops um, by pirate receivers. Uh, so you, I mean, sure, you're going to have some drops, but let's say we catch five or six of those and you're 26 or 27 out of 44. And um, that was probably, you know, 300, 315 yards. Suddenly that's, that's a heck of a night. Yeah, but also again, I go back. Rice's defense is drizzling chips. So exactly, you know. and, and I expected. I, I knew going into that game, uh, a, a very young quarterback for South Florida, who's from Raleigh, by the way, uh, Byron Brown. We didn't offer him. Yeah, from everything I've heard, we we did not offer him, even as an athlete. Um, not only not as a quarterback, and so I believe that I believe that is correct. Uh, he had a heck of a game yesterday against Navy, but against. Rice last week, 22 out of 29 for 435 yards and three or four touchdowns without a pick. That's why I, I knew that the opportunity was going to be there last night in the passing game, and we made some plays, but unfortunately had some drops and then didn't have time um, at, at other times to, uh, to make plays because of uh, a lack of protection. And there was a time or two where I saw Alex did have time and, and you know, missed a, a shallow crosser. Uh, or um, miss the check down to a running back. Also, not enough yards after catch. That's another thing. When 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 you when uh you, you when those it, it seems like we'll, we'll catch you know we'll, we'll catch a shallow crosser like you're talking about or whatever, and we'll pick up just enough yards for the first down or whatever. We, we don't we don't break a tackle and bust one for a touchdown. There's no big play, very little big play. Um, uh, very little ability to create big plays from this offense. Very, very little. I mean, I, I think maybe last night we had three plays of over 30 yards off the top of my head, um, and that was the most we've had all year. Very, very, very little ability to create big plays. Yes, they're about halfway through the second quarter. Um, very quickly, Matt, since Kyle referenced that, lack of big playability with this offense and having to put those 14, 15, 16 play drives together. Last night, we had a 14 play drive that resulted in a field goal, 14 for 56, which was the first possession of the game. And then uh, the, the drive that tied the game at 17, 17 plays was 80 yards or right at 80 yards. So execute with more consistency and put those types of drives together like we had seen against App State. Um, but 
then uh, yeah, wanted to chime in very quickly. Have some folks asking what's the number to yep. call in. Give Let's us a call two two five two two nine zero zero three seven five two five two two nine zero zero three seven five and uh, share with us your thoughts on pirate football. We have a great call screener, so just call in and I'm sure they'll take good care of you. Hopefully. I uh <laughs> Yeah, and let me just finish that that point, guys, I was trying to make before. But the fact that here we are again in year five and we're actually debating, we're having a, a serious debate about are we a more talented football team than Rice? Um, that's scary. Yep. That that is an indictment on the recruiting mm-hmm. in this program. Um, we should be further along in this process. Now, I know we lost a lot of talent last year, but you know, we're not the first program in the country to lose talent. Everybody does. Um, we should not be in this position in year five. And I, and that's just, you know, that's that's pretty scary to me, guys. And it really makes me wonder if the plan here was to have um don't steal my thing man well Kyle (laughs) actually you know and this you know I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna let you give your thoughts on that if you want to you go ahead you can go ahead I've said it enough you go ahead well I really don't think it's debatable I think I think we are we were the more talented team I don't there was no hesitation that's not what Matt was going to no okay well well, well, I was just I go ahead well, no, I mean, Bubba, so there's something Kyle and I have discussed many times, and Kyle's been pretty vocal about this, and uh, I think it has merit, and, and that's the fact that it seems like when you look at this program, we were gearing up for a big year four, which was last year. Um, we were supposed to have a better year than we did. You know, it wasn't a bad year. You know, we won eight games. We won a bowl game, but we very easily could have won 10 games last year. and 11. Uh, it, or, or Or that. And, and it really makes you wonder when you look at it, were we just gearing up for that one big year or were we actually building a foundation that can last for the long haul? And right now the answer is no. It looks I, like we're gearing up for one big year because I, this is this looks like a rebuild. This looks like based, based on his track record and based on the fact, look, you, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate and kind of do a little, a little um, common sense right in front of you. Based on his track record of how long he's been in places, based on what we had last year and based on his contract that Gilbert gave him, when Gilbert gave him that extension, he made that base 1.4 million. Now you don't make that base 1.4 million with the thought that we're going to have to buy this guy out. You do that with the thought that somebody is going to hire him away. They're going to have to pay us a lot of money to get him. That is the highest base contract we've ever given anybody. And at the time it was signed, it was the second highest base contract of any coach in the UNC system. That covers a lot of ground. So yeah, also, the, re- the reason you do that is because you think somebody's going to have to buy him out. Mike Houston, I firmly believe, and can't prove it, but he thought last year and w- and we were going to win 10, 11 games, and he was going to be coaching in the ACC or SEC this year. And now he finds himself here in year five, still in Greenville, and I don't think he properly prepared the roster, but, particularly on the offensive <clears throat> side of the ball that, for this year. But I've got a point to make on that. That may be true. However, if you look at the track record, let's just say this. If you look at the track record of Houston all the way to his high school coaching days, he's left things better than he's found it, and those are programs are still successful. And so when you want to say he's just going to do a Bobby Petrino, I, you know, I can see where you're going, but at the same time, I'm going to be fair to Houston, even though I'm not happy with things right now. But at the same time, I, I think – 
I, I, I don't know what Lenore Ryan in the Citadel was like after he left them. JMU is JMU. I mean, JMU <laughs> hit the FCS level, and they're doing it at the FBS level. But at the FCS level, they were Alabama. I mean, to, yeah. to be quite honest with you. I mean, Everett Withers won there. Everett Withers, you know, couldn't coach his way out of a wet paper bag. I, I gave him one once. He's stuck in it for days. Um, so, I mean, to, to be quite honest with you, I, I, I don't know. Bubba, you would be the better person to answer this. Uh, how did the Citadel do after Houston left? That's um... – that's that's a good question. I'm trying I'm trying to recall. Um, I, I I don't think I'm. A, I think there w- was some drop off um, because um, the, the coach that uh, well their former head coach is now is now working with us. So there there was clearly some drop off. <laughs> okay. So oh. I'm, I'm I'm drawing a, drawing a blank on his on his name, but um, but yes, he was he had been on Coach Houston's staff. I want to say uh, not only at the Citadel, but perhaps at LR as well. And uh, he, he's now in a off-the-field role for us. He, he was hired earlier this year. Yeah. You just and let me just say, that's we're talking about FCS football, though. You know what I mean, no. guys? Like, we're talking about the Citadel. We're talking about, what, Lenore Ryan. Must, yeah, um, D2. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean. Brent, Brent Thompson. You know, but nonetheless, I, I get what Dave's saying. I, I, I just look at what we have on offense. And another thing that just really is concerning to me, and Matt, I think you brought this up, or it may have been Bubba. Um, you know, and I, and this is on the coaching staff, not Mason Garcia. Um, yeah, Mason Garcia in the system for the last four years. And you can't evaluate his talent any better than, than that, that you thought. He was the man. We didn't know. We we didn't know. We didn't need to go get a starter from the transfer portal in December. We were good. And in the spring, we we tried to get somebody out the portal, but we were telling guys, "You're going to be the backup." So how do you how do you misevaluate somebody that bad? He he's not even the starter now. Flynn is, and, and, and we you know, had we hit the portal for a quarterback back in December, there's no telling who we could have got. JT Daniels ended up at Rice. There's no telling who. And somebody. Uh, oh, go ahead, Bubba. One of, the, one of those portal quarterbacks. Um, and granted, he's from Arizona, um, but you know, Mikey Keene, who is mm-hmm. now, who is now um, with Fresno State, and you know this type of season they're having, they're ranked in the top twenty-five. They're five and zero uh, after a twenty-seven to nine win over Nevada. Uh, Mikey Keene, last night, twenty-six out of thirty-four for two sixty-nine. He did that. Two touchdowns and two picks, but um, for the season now, he's completing right at seventy percent, sixty-nine percent of his passes. You know, I think, or perhaps that was going into last night. But um, point being that he he's been very, very good for Fresno State. Uh, like I said, he is a, a native of Arizona, so perhaps he would have chosen them. Uh, but uh, it didn't have to be Mikey Keene. Uh, there were other options out there. A lot of them. Well, and Kyle, let me take it a step further really quick. And Dave, I'll just make this point really quick. Um, All we've heard about Mason Garcia for the last three years is, is about the arm strength. That's, that's what we've heard (laughs) arms. We've heard about elite arm strength. Now, let me ask you guys something. If you have a quarterback with elite arm strength, Kyle, what's the first thing you're going to do? Throw downfield. You're going to take deep shots. Do you know, let me ask you guys a question. Well, yeah. Roll him out. Roll him out. If the line won't hold hold up, roll him out and throw deep. 
Has Mason thrown a pass over 20 yards this year? No, Honestly, not me. You can you can count them on one hand with probably two or three fingers. I don't think yeah. he has. So so again, but but this I'm highlighting. What I'm trying to do is highlight your point that we 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 heard about that you know the the elite arm talent. We heard that you know he was being groomed, um, and, and yet if you have a quarterback with elite arm talent, don't you want to try to take advantage yep. and implement a system where you throw the ball downfield? So I, I, you know, again, I'm not trying to bang on Mason Garcia. He's a really good kid. I'm not. That's not my point here. But my point is um, the development. There's something wrong. Do you guys? Do you guys? We've think? got a caller. If you sure, go ahead. All right, let's go to Shell and Charlotte. What's up, man? What's up, gentlemen? What's up, Still Sean? a long night, bro. What's up, Kyle? Right, must man. Hey, Matt. Hey, what's going on, Shell? How you doing? Good, buddy. Um, your head coach was Logan, correct? Correct. He didn't take any BS from anybody. He didn't care who the AD was, the president. If something was wrong, he called it out, right? Um, he was definitely the type of personality where he had no problem calling out really anything, whether it was football-related or non-football-related. So that's correct, yep. And the thing I see with Houston, and I like Houston, but it's always like there's an excuse. You know, the kids played hard. They did this. They did that. And it gets to a point where you can see them, and I just don't really think they're following him anymore, man. And I was talking to Dave earlier. (laughs) When you got Flynn on the one-yard line and all of a sudden you sub him out for – Garcia and he hasn't touched the ball all game, and then he mishandles the snap. That's nuts. Logan would have never done that. Ever. But we, 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 we got to the one yard again. I pointed this out with Dave earlier. It doesn't bother me because we got to the one yard line earlier and Flynn couldn't get it in. So that that really yeah. doesn't bother me. I'm not sure Dave, y'all were talking about that earlier. That really didn't bother me very much. It bothered me. It, you think yeah. back to the 2014 Birmingham Bowl, um, you know, a Cardin Benkert situation. Yeah, exactly. You you, you put Bart Benkert in to get it in. It doesn't bother me at all. I, you, you you know you, you sub out other players. I mean, you, to me, using Mason in a goal line package makes some sense um, because of his running abilities. Uh, it didn't work there. Uh, we ended up scoring on that drive. We we put we put Flynn back in. We did it last week um, against Gardner Webb uh, successfully. Exactly. So he really did. We don't have a quarterback, man. That's the bottom line. We do not have a quarterback. We don't have a quarterback. We don't have an offensive line. We don't have either. I mean, my point is, look at look at freaking Duke. Duke was a play away from beating freaking Notre Dame, and Duke is one of the highest academic institutions in the United States of America. Yep. And they almost beat Notre Dame by one play. And the person that beat him is going to be a first-round NFL draft pick at quarterback. Well, how, does well, Duke, how does Duke build that in two years with Elko? How does that happen? Elko's a hell of a coach. I, I do think that – Um, oh, hell. Yeah, but think his, about who plays for him. What's his name? Um, Those kids but, have to have academics through the roof. Cut, Cutcliffe. Cutcliffe. is a really le- good coach. Le- left him with a lot of talent. And also – um. Duke lowered their academic standard for football uh, towards the end of the Cliff tenure. That was kind of 
one of his caveats to stay there when he had the opportunity to go to Tennessee several years back. Um, so the the academic standards were lowered a little bit for the football team for Duke. I don't know how many people realize that, but uh, but no, that does not take away anything. From They're still point. higher than ECU. That is, well, they also have the, yeah, they also are in a Power Five conference. They're also in a Power Five conference. We, we ain't out recruiting Duke anymore. It, it, it still doesn't take away from your point um, of that that Mike Elko is doing a hell of a job in, in two years and. We're in Tremendous year five. coach. Tremendous coach. Yeah, yeah we're in I, year five under Houston. And Michigan another, State. Michigan uh, State, look out for uh, for Elko going to Michigan. An, State. Another thing, another thing that I would point out, me and Matt and Bubba have had this conversation. Is and you talk about Duke. Um, they're in a power five conference. So they're able, they're out recruiting us now because of the power five tap. And being in the American it, for East Carolina. It's kind of a catch twenty two. Yeah, you're getting more money than you would be in the Sun Belt, but the American doesn't allow non qualifiers. Look, when we were in Conference USA, those defensive lines were, that we had under Skip Holson one conference championship were built with non qualifiers. Um, that's what Marshall and Apps doing a lot is taking non qualifiers, and we do not have the ability to do that in the American. Yet we don't have Power Five status, so we're kind of caught in the middle. Yep, I think that's a really good point. And, you know, I think that we should be actively pushing Mike Oresco to, to you know, work on these changes if possible because the ability to recruit non-qualifiers would really open things up. But well, we so I think that's a very good point. We, we need to quit pretending, Matt. We need to quit pretending we're a Power 5 conference when we're not. The only advantage you have of being a group of five and being in a group of five conference is the ability to take non-qualifiers, and we're not taking advantage of it in the American right. And, and, and the and the UCFs and the Cincy's of the world, and now the SMU's, they're all going to be gone here soon. SMU with the last of the remaining, you know. So let East Carolina take some non qualifiers, please. What about Tulane? Yeah. Well, what about Memphis? I mean, I, I mean, I, I you know, I, nonetheless, it's it would help us. I, I'm just telling you, based I, on you, his, you know, you know what will help us win games is NIL. That's the, that's our problem. That's that's a well, huge you know problem what? for us. You know what, we Dave? don't have people. You know what, Dave? Do you we, t- are you telling me that we don't have as much NIL money as Marshall or Rock, Marshall or Appalachian State? I don't know. I mean, I there's, know no, there's no way. There's no way we don't have as much NIL money as Marshall or App State. If, but we if, lost. We lost ahead. what four or five guys that would be starters on the team. Uh, yeah, two guys we're were on the offensive we line. Too. We lost them. To I know, but Illinois, I'm still... and and then and then Oregon. Uh, Auburn, he ended up going to Auburn, but well, yes, but he went but to I'm just saying, and left us. I know, I'm just saying, but the still the, but we're not having enough people that take NIL seriously, and they're in you know the year 1975. But it's not, not going to change. What Bubba's point is, Dave, we're not going to have more money than Illinois, Oregon, or Auburn, no matter what we do. But we may we, not, but we but we need to. We still need to raise more. We and, definitely need to be raised more, but we do not need to be able to put at a disadvantage to Appalachian State and Marshall, and that's what we're be that's what's being done by our conference to us. My my and, point is, like Kyle's saying, if you have, I mean, sure, we may be able to progress to the point. I mean, it's up to the up to the uh, coaching staff and you know the powers that be as far as Team Boneyard are concerned, how they want to how they want to split that up, you know, whether, whether they want to kind of do what we've heard SMU has done in other schools as yep. far as, you know, trying to play, 
pay all scholarship athletes um, in football or men's basketball a certain amount of money. Uh, we're certainly not to that point yet, but uh, even even so, um, you know, e whether we're doing that or there's some uh, there's, there's a little bit of a difference there. And Dave, I think you're getting a phone call. Yep. But um, we heard, you know, Nashad Strother and going to Oregon for supposedly six figures. But let's say it's, let's say it's not six figures. Let's say if it's, you know, 80 to 80, 90 or so. I mean, that's still something that we're not going to be able to do, you know, unless perhaps no. uh, perhaps, um, you know, for just, you know, unless it's a, a stud quarterback and some donor really wants to step up like like one did last year trying to keep keeping Mitchell around. No, the thing is, Appalachian State and Marshall can go in the portal and take a kid that can barely write his name, and that's why he has to transfer out of Alabama or Georgia, and we can't. And and there's um, if those schools come calling with that amount of cash, and that's what that individual wants, um, is right. You know, I that appeal to money. Right, I'm not arguing that, but still, we need to do a. That's that's sure, still there's a lot of games, but I understand that. But there's still a lot of guys that uh if we can have something there but instead of like going to somebody's uh birthday party or whatever we need to do better than that and uh, yeah i mean that's that's where we are now we got to start somewhere birthday party and, and let's and let's but but guys yeah let's, that's let's, what they're they're paying them like you can kyle you can have a party um and have the players come over and hang out uh by donating whatever did they, i have the cheerleaders come over and hang out instead i, I don't know. I, I don't i mean i <laughs> I, I um i look i, I get what you're saying and, and sure more nil money would be great but the kind of nil money the kind of nil the kind of nil money you're talking about is going to require Vince McMahon or mr b somebody like that to step up um we, we just never happened we, we, we never. need to do more with nil but there look appalachian and marshall is not doing more with nil than we are it's just if they are Shame on us. But I'll tell you what they are. Now, here's what they are doing, guys. Just jump in. They're they're coaching. They have a great offensive system at both of those yeah. Well, yep. not so much. Especially at that. Especially that. Now, um, you know, we can talk about NIL and indoor practice facilities till we're blue in the face. Here's what I want to talk about. All right. I want to talk about we have a fourth and one last night at the goal line going in. And instead of calling a play. And maybe using a 225-pound back like Kamaro Edmonds, like we saw mm. last week to can steamroll somebody. We inexplicably run to the line I of scrimmage. I hate that. We run to the line of scrimmage and snap the ball so quickly the quarterback bobbles it and gets stuffed. Now that play right there could have that could have yep. cost us that game. That right there. So, like, and, and listen, I get everything you guys are saying about we need more money, we need, but we can't afford to make coaching mistakes, blunders like that on the field. What we should have done with there was taken our time. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Take your time. There's no need to rush there. There's no need I, to rush. I hate it when teams do that. Yep. Yeah, I hate it. Put in your 225 pound back. All right. Big dude. Put yep. your damn quarterback under center with two tight ends and let's go to work. You know, another thing um, I like there. Big playing the game, and yeah, you know, it's just it's stuff like that where you you know you just can't make those mistakes, and we see them all the time, unfortunately. Another thing I like there is something that we used to do a lot in our Lincoln Raleigh is we would go to we, we would get to the goal line, and we and we'd um, fake it to the back, 
and then Carden would roll out to the right or left and just walk into the end zone because everybody Tech. in the middle. Virginia Tech would be one example, yes. Yeah, we beat Virginia Tech doing that. Well, we did it other times, too, in, in less yeah. impactful situations. I love that play. I think it works more times than not because everybody's going to the middle. Of, if, if if last night, I guarantee you, if last night we went on fourth and goal and faked the handoff to the running back and 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 uh, Flynn rolled to the right, he'd have walked right into the end zone. I agree, 1,000%. As soon as Flynn, um, you know, quickly. Oh, yeah, under, you knew it was going to be tough. It, yeah, as, as soon as Flynn went immediately under center like that, uh, I right. like, well, we're going to get stuffed. We've got, and if hey you're going to do that, caller. by the way, hey, Raji, I love you. You're a great player. Raji, if your quarterback's going to do that, look, pretend like it's a beautiful girl and go push him in the ass as hard as you can, please. I hey, don't even uh, know where Raji was on that play. All right, we got another caller on the line. Let's go to Tom. What's up, Tom? Hey, guys. Um, I'm just going to – I mean, I'm, 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 I'm just I, – all I want to do is paint the thing straight. And that is, we're used to a dynamic offense. We're used to an offense that can score at any time. At will, yep. Every time it snaps the ball, they could score right then. We don't have that now. Correct. That is plainly, it's, it's plain and simple. We don't, we don't have it, and we were led to believe that we have it. And that's what's got us. That's what's got us upset. And. And we should be upset. And I hear Kyle and I hear Matt. Matt Matt knows exactly what I'm talking about. But we hear everybody saying the same thing. We are not dynamic. We are not creative. Amen. And and that's that's just the reality of where we are. No, no doubt. I mean that's yeah, totally agree with that, Tom. And, and by ahead. the way, uh I was gonna say one thing too is you guys hear me every single week, but why in the world can we not? Kyle talks about it. He and I agree. I know you guys do. It's got to be the right timing, but trick plays. Uh, I mean, why, why don't we? That's my frustration is why in the world don't we? I'm not saying go out there and be like a bunch of clowns and do it all the time, but there, but games like this, the Marshall game and this game, a trick play at the right time. Just like we, we were calling for it, all of us in the group text for the show. You're, you're asking for cre- you're asking for creativity. And I there would have, is none. I would have onside kicked it after we tied it. That's a good Logan did that. Matt, remember that? Logan used to do that all the time and damn good at it. I miss I, the there's all I kinds of Logan. things I think during the game, you know, and I'm sitting at home and but but no, I'm not second guessing. I told I told Bubba, I text him, I maybe it was in the group text, but I think it was a one on one text with Bubba. On that last drive, I said, if we score here, I'd go for two. There's no way in hell I'd take this game to overtime. No. <laughs> Speaking of Logan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I think to, to Tom's point about being creative, you know, there there, there are like, structurally there's so many things wrong right now with this offense. And, you know, like one of them, for an example, is we got into the red zone very often last night. I mean, we, we were set up to score numerous touchdowns last night. And we don't, we don't, we just don't do certain things. It's inexplicable to me um, that like, for example, every team in college football, when they get inside the five yard line, play you action. see them play action because th- and, and think about this. Think about why for a second, because as a defender, you're thinking run, you're thinking you have to heavy up against the run. 
All right. So all your momentum is coming forward. The play action gets you to bite. And now you get free releases by tight ends and wide receivers. You see everybody running in college football. We don't seem to value or appreciate play action in the red zone. It doesn't make sense. Another thing is throwing to the running backs oh. in the red zone. Yeah. Play now, action is exactly what play action is exactly what Kyle was talking about when he talked about Carden spreading out to the you know, faking faking up the middle and then spreading out to the outside. That was yeah. play action. Play action run. And yep. it was it yeah. was run run pass up run pass option. Let him let him flare out to the one side or the other and then let him make a decision. This kid doesn't even get the chance to make a decision. Well, think about how we scored our first touchdown of this season. Um, That was when the defense forced the turnover uh, at the Marshall three-yard line. And what do we do? We play action pass to Shane Calhoun. I was hoping that's what we were going to do when we got down there first and goal at the three to start the second half. I was hoping we were going to play action pass to Shane Calhoun or – I want to say it was second down when we we uh, lined Shane up in a in a wing to the left, and I'm, I'm, I want to say we kept him in and blocked, uh, which I guess on one hand is understandable considering our struggle to protect at times, but at the same time, you know uh, I think we, that was the it was second and goal where we threw the slot fade to to Brock Spalding. I would have liked to have to have seen us. You know, uh, if we weren't going to run the play that I referenced that we ran against Marshall, then perhaps run um, a, run double sl- slants to that side and then, you know, motion Calhoun across the formation and then have him on a flat route where you, you're either throwing the slant or the flat. Well, you know what scares me? They, 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 were play, they were playing man-to-man coverage. Go ahead, Tom. Tom's trying to say something. I said that's ten times more creative. What Bubba just described is ten times more creative than what we saw. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's a lot. Of cre- there's a lot of things we're lacking right now. Creativity is one of them. I do think we lack playmaking ability w- with some talent, particularly at receiver. But to, to your point, Tom, if you, if you like playmakers, you need to be even more creative. Yes. Yeah, and and let me ask you this, guys: How often do you see us get players in space? where it's just a walk-in touchdown. I mean, you watched college football yesterday. I saw 15, 20 times offensive coordinators dial up plays where you get players in space and they're literally wide open. And that, and that's by design. It's by design. Bond, man. You, throw, you never you give see it. To Bond you never space. see it. I'd love for us to throw it to Bond in space and see who he can make miss. Absolutely, man. There's no doubt. He's a guy that can make plays. Um. But, you know, I, I just think the offense, I think it's broken. I, you know, I'm just going to say I think it's broken. I think it's the wrong offense for East. I think it's 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 obviously wrong. But why is it wrong? The reason why is because it relies on the things we don't get. Power running game relies on great offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. We don't get them. We can't get them. We have to be – we have to have some sort of a, a, a scheme – Kyle, last night you talked a lot about what yeah. Rich Rod is doing, right? He's yeah. got a, he's got an identity. He's got a scheme. Mm-hmm. We talk about why was Chadwell successful at Coastal because he had a scheme, right? Yeah. And, and look, if Mike Houston wants to stay here and he wants to be a running football team, I would look hard at what Rich Rod is doing and has done throughout his career. 
uh, maybe hire the OC from Jacksonville State um, oh, yeah. and, and bring that system in here, um, provided Houston doesn't go 1-11 and and get the can. Um, I, I, uh, I, that, that fits his personality. He wants to run the ball, yet it spreads things out and it allows for some creativity. No doubt. And uh, thank you, by the way, for people watching, listening the most we've had. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, but it's all because of uh, a tough that, one. It's all start. because we're losing and misery loves company. Ellie, the, go ahead, Bubba. The the evolution of our ground game under Lincoln Riley. I mean, that, that first year, no, uh, we didn't run it uh, a whole lot, but we did have some success when we, when we ran it, but it, as his five-year stint here wore on, we ran it more yeah. and more. And you look at 2013, we had an 1,000-yard rusher in Tay Cooper. So I, I think he ran for 1,000 yards in 12 and 13. Correct. Correct. Yeah. In 12 yeah, and 13 because Keaton Mitchell uh, in 21 and 22, that was the first back-to-back 1,000-yard rusher that, we, that we'd had since then. So Yeah. So we're getting so another yeah. caller there. Yeah, you have more. Yeah, they, they, will, they will take that and uh, get the caller on the air. But, no, I'm with you, and, and we'll, we'll take the call now and see what they want to talk about, and then I'll come back to my point. So, waiting on Dave to get the caller on the air. All right. Hello. Hey, Stevie, what's up, man? Oh, it's Stevie. Well, I, I, I didn't make my point for Stevie. Stevie. Stevie, baby. <laughs> it's now, stand Stevie. By, stand by for translation, please. Yeah. I'll Kyle, be the same time, time, please. Wait, All right, I got you, Stevie. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting here with listening to y'all and watching the Taylor Swift game right now. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of the night. <laughs> hey, I'll check it off, Stevie. Anyway, Stevie the Swiftie. You know, oh, that was uh, – yeah, Kyle, I got that, yeah. by the way. You know, that was great, Yeah, go on, Kyle. That was a good one, Kyle. Wait a uh, shake it off. Um, it. Shake it off. Shake it off. That's what they're telling Kelsey when he takes a hit. They play that song every time he takes a hit now. Um, I, oh, my God. They're going to get so sick of Taylor Swift in Kansas City. I bet some people already are. Well, they're not tonight because she's anyway, not Yeah, She is here. She is there. I thought she was there. She's at the game, but, but I thought anyway. it was on the road. But anyway. Nonetheless, anyway, you're going to say, who gives a shit about Taylor Swift? Go ahead, Steve. I do. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I, I think not I, when it comes to the yeah, show. Talk- Talking about what Dave, David, and I don't think it's come across. Dave was talking about trick plays. Uh, but just like I told you that night against Marshall, Dave, on that third yeah. down play right before we missed that we, field man, goal. God knows we were talking about it. I told people that. that the, the, the thing is, you don't have to use a trick play. You just have to use something. You have to set up plays. Yeah. You know, you, you're, you're, you're running up the middle, running up. Just like you guys talk about, Cardin doesn't score. Walking in against Virginia Tech, if you're not pounding the ball up the middle over and over, you know, do something, do a counter, do a bootleg like that. I mean, that third down play against Marshall, that, I I mean, I'll say to this day, we get that third down conversion, we win that game. Yeah, probably. And, uh, he's just, and, and I like what the caller, the last caller said about, and it's, it's being creative and, you know, God knows. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not. Well, I guess I am criticizing them in a way, but I'm a I'm a private school, high school football coach, and you know, I I know how to set plays up for later on. A lot of a lot of times, my guys 
like, why you keep calling this? Why you keep calling this? I said, I'm setting up something else. When it happens, you'll know. You know, you br- you want to bring that de- get that defense lowered into where okay, they're going to run this, they're going to run this, and then you do something a counter or you do a bootleg. It's that yeah. simple. This this simple offense. I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I, I'm like Matt. I think Matt said it, and I mean he couldn't have said it any better. I think the offense is broken right now. Yep. You know the. The frustration thing is Stevie is that um, you know that it's Matt help me out on this and Stevie as well and Bubba but it, it's like you have a game plan you come up with and you've got offensive analysts you have plenty of offensive offensive coaches and the frustration uh-huh. is just like you said is the the fact that you have a game plan and you have the coaches the coaches divide up less you know less Houston's different but usually they have okay uh, Stevie takes uh, Marshall. Kyle is going to take App. Matt will take uh, SMU. I'm going to take you know Rice. Well, that's, pre- that, that's that's the pre- but but the, you you have game week prep where the OC is going to hone in on his game prep. Right. But I'm just saying, right. Well, what what my point is is that it's not like this is their first t- time at calling a game. It's not like um, uh, ever. It's not like that they just looked at Rice for this past week. And not only that, but like we were talking about. I was just uh, I was frustrated at the fact that you know we've had plenty of time to prepare for Rice and and it's well like I think the prepared. game plan was to throw the ball on them because they have a horrible pass defense and we yeah. did that the problem yeah. is the, the problem is we didn't execute we didn't hit big plays in the passing game more I, I think they thought we were going to hit more big plays in the passing game than we did so, yeah. so, so, so that's one problem right there. And, and then the other problem is we got in the red zone. We did, we we did not execute in the red zone, and it was it, it, poor play calling in the red zone. Also, terrible play calling in the red zone. Yeah, then I and I texted you last night, Kyle. I said we got to we can't keep going in the red zone get field goals. We got no, we got to get you, you're gonna lose. Score. You're gonna lose. You, you know, know what it reminded me yeah, of? It reminded me of it reminded me of um, two thousand. I believe it was oh nine. I'm getting my years mixed up. It was at UVA. I believe it was oh nine at UVA. Where we should have been up on them twenty-one nothing, we ended up losing the ball game because the first three possessions we settled for field goals. Yep. Anybody remember that game? Yeah, two thousand and eight. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, because that, we were coming off the yeah. we we had back-to-back losses at NC State and then at home Houston. against Houston, and then we we go up there like you're saying, um, got off to a very good start, you know, moving the ball up and down the field and and led six nothing or something. Yeah, no, it was like, yeah. A couple, was, of, couple of Ben Hartman field goals, I guess, or, or perhaps he was injured and somebody else that day. But, uh, yeah, nonetheless, uh, I, I remember, like you're saying, Kyle, looking to my dad and saying, hey, uh, hope this doesn't come back to bite us. Yeah, no, and, and it will every time. And I'm not saying, you know, I told him, I, I told, uh, I told, in fact, I text y'all. I said, I wish on that third down play that, that, that uh, we didn't score on the fourth down play. I said, I wish, uh, I almost wish Flynn would have lost yardage so we'd have kicked the field goal there and it went up. That 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 play killed our momentum. It gave Rice yeah. all the momentum and we never got it back. You, you wish instead of gaining two yards on the uh, quarterback draw that he yeah. had gotten, gotten tackled for a loss. So <laughs> go, go up 12 10. Exactly. At least then you keep the momentum. That, yeah. That's, that, that's where yeah. we are. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And again, guys, like the thing with this, with this, and Steve, yeah, I'll throw this out to you. I mean, the thing with this team that's just so difficult is it's it's 
when you correct one thing, something else opens up. So here, here's an example. Hey, exactly. So last night we we score, we get we get the two point conversion, we tie the game. At that point, we have all momentum, right? Mm-hmm. So all the, best thing, the best thing you can hope for at this point is your defense gets a three and out. You get the ball back to your offense, and now you're rolling. But right at that key situation, at that that is a critical moment for your defense to get a stop. What do we do? What do give we do? The big play. We give up the big play, and they mm-hmm. score. Yeah. Now we're back. We're down a touchdown again. Down a touchdown. And, and, and I felt, it, it, Matt, I, I felt, even though the demons have played well, I feel like we're so fragile. I thought they would panic in that situation. That's why I would onside kicked it there because if we don't get it, you put them in a short field and maybe the defense comes out with their with their hair on fire saying, all right, we got a short field. We got to get a stop here. Well, we played pretty well yeah. with them on the other side of the 50 anytime they got down there. I, I think it would have been a, a great – and I know, you know, ifs and buts and fruits are nuts and second guessing, but I think that would have been a great spot to onside kick it. And yeah, maybe you know, we're going to have to coach that way. I mean, Stevie, what do you think about? I mean, maybe we have to coach that way because I think we do right now, Bob, have, Matt. Yeah, I think we do. I mean, it's 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 not ideal, but I think that's the situation we're in now, where you're going to have to do stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. I, I'll say this: I agree with you, Kyle. Defense played a lot better uh, against that quarterback than I thought they would. I was worried. I was really worried about that quarterback was going to hurt us, but he didn't. Man, really one hurt leg, us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one leg. I hate, to see, I hate to see what he would have done with both legs. Yeah, well, still. I mean, but still, you know how our secondary has been. Yeah, so, I, but I think we've we made just, some personnel changes back there. And we're playing I think we're okay there. Guys. I, think, I, think, yeah. I think the biggest problem with our defense is they get worn out in the fourth quarter. Some of that's contributed to the to the offense, leaving them on the field yep. too much. Still, it's not Three and out. Three and out. It so, is. Matt, Matt, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, that you, I, I, you, do, do you use that as an excuse when you played uh, the offense leaving us on the field too much? You know, Logan scored too fast, some people said. Um, or, or do you, hey, you, you got to go out there and make a play? Yeah, I mean, well, it's definitely a real thing when you're left right. on the field too long. So, I, I guess, but but yeah, I mean, you're, you're at that point when you're on the sideline before you come out on the field, the defense is together and you're saying, listen, you know, we need to understand the situation here. We're, we're in a chance to win this game. We need right. to stop right now. We need to stop. And we got to suck it up and we got to do whatever needs to be done to get a stop. And so, so I think it's both of those things, Kyle. But it, it just seems like when we're at that critical point, when we really need that stop, it seems like we can't get it. Okay. I got a question for you, Matt. And I've always wondered about this, especially at the college and the pro level. When you guys are sitting on the sideline on defense and your 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 offense keeps keeps going three and out, what I mean, you guys, I know you have to go out there and do it. How long before you guys start getting frustrated with that offense? Uh, well, you know, if it's if it's a one game, if it's a one off type thing, you, you know, you really don't get too frustrated because you you kind of understand the situation and you're just kind of focusing on what you need to do. You know, this is what I need to do when I go back on the field. But in this situation, Stevie, where it's like almost every single week where, you know, that's when when it's multiple weeks in a row, that's when the frustration really starts to set in. And (laughs) it it can really 
it can really cause some problems internally on a team because now yeah. you start to get the finger pointing, you know, people start pointing fingers. Um, and that's where we're at right now. I mean, we're there, seeing that right now. The reason, the reason I'm laughing, Matt, is because I'm thinking about Stevie and asking you that question. And I was like, well, I, and at first I thought to myself, well, damn, Stevie, don't you talk to your defensive players on the sideline where Stevie coaches as often as the players are as defensive players? <laughs> so he, he, uh, he, if they're mad at the defense, they're mad at themselves. They're mad at themselves. Look, look I, there's been years, dude, I, I don't have to count to see if I got eight on the field. I count to see if I got like three on the sideline with me. And I know that's I've right. got enough on the field. That's what yeah. I used to do <laughs> as a that's, coach. We never. Yeah, so it's not, and, you know, it's just the way it is. But yeah, they can't. It, it doesn't apply in our situation because they they had to stay on the field no matter what. Iron wow. Man football. You would Definitely. think you know you, yeah. you don't get a lot of you don't see a lot of eight. Stevie, have you ever had a guy you play playing eight man football? You've been a head coach there for thirteen years. Have you had a guy recruited to a to a D one school? Have no, I haven't, um, and I haven't none none that I played against. Uh, or coached against, I've never played eight man, but none that I've coached against, I don't think has gone Division One. I. I do know, oh gosh, it was a kid from Tampa that played for Tampa Bay a few years back that got drafted in the first round. And what's what's the name? Leighton Vanderice from the Cowboys played eight man football in high school. So you you would think there it would make some, you really well conditioned going into Division One football. You you think you'd be really well conditioned? Is my point. Well, you should be because, you know, when we started out with eight, playing eight-man, if you got to the corner, you were gone. I mean, it's just that's all it is to it. But uh, I don't know what it is now, but it seems like – I mean, certain teams, yeah, if you got speed, you're going to get there. But now it's, it's a lot of – it's more – we're in a lot of more low-scoring games than, than high-scoring. Wow. And because I try to push – I try to push defense – uh, I, I want a I want a defensive team, which you know we've had some struggles this year. But I want a really good defensive team. Uh, I think we've had some scores like you know sixteen to twelve, stuff like that, some bomb burners like that. But uh, you know, yeah, eight man is wide open, dude. If you get to the corner, yeah. you got speed. You you're gonna. It used to be, you know, I think it was one score this year. I saw seventy five to forty was one score. Uh, so that was more to what we used to see at first, but it it would be nothing to put forty points in a, a game on an eight man. Oh, no doubt, no I doubt. Like more forty. Well, we we, <laughs> we, can, we did last week. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, but yeah. that's another and that's another thing that scares me, guys. You know, we scored one touchdown against Rice. Um, that is the worst defense we will see the rest of the way. And let and Bubba, Matt, and Stevie. Dave, unless I'm missing somebody on our schedule that I'm not thinking of, I don't think anybody else is even close to being as bad on defense. Now, Charlotte on offense is about as bad as we are. But in terms of being bad on defense, I I don't really think anybody else on our schedule can come close to being as bad as Rice is on defense. Yeah, I'm hoping maybe we can win that Charlotte game 11 to 9 or 8 to 6 or something. <laughs> like, a, yeah. like a baseball score. 3 to no. 2. But <laughs> no, it, in all seriousness, as far as the, the lack of production, uh, and I'm I'm going to focus on that, the production against FBS opponents. I know Dave references putting 44 on Gardner Webb, but, but uh, against our four FBS opponents, and we scored, I think it's 
fifteen point three points per game, and that's including. Oh my god! Two, that's including two defensive touchdowns. So you take those two defensive touchdowns. Holy out, shit! And you're you're averaging. Well, I'll uh, go, let, let's go. Let's get points per game offensive like production. That, that first touchdown we scored of the season, we got set up at the three yard line. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, so you're averaging. That might as well have been a defensive touchdown. Right. So, so uh, you're you're averaging you know eleven or twelve points per game as far as your offensive production against FBS teams. So four, four touchdowns in four games, and one of those was that three yard drive. And that's what I was telling Matt last night. I, I don't know that we can win this year playing traditional, uh, playing the traditional offense. I, I I don't know that our best bet to win football games is to do things like onside kick. Yeah. I, I don't know that the best bet right now, if you look back at Mason's running performance against Marshall and how good their defense is, I don't know that we wouldn't be better off putting two backs back there uh, yep. and, and, and running and running uh, Mason Garcia and running those two backs and and, and, and throwing it deep every now and then, kind of like a triple option offense. Uh, we, we've got to do something. If we're going to win now and not just build for next year, we are going to have to be creative. Exactly. I bet we've been saying that, you know, Every different way, every angle of, of creativity we've talked about, and again, that like yeah. like you were talking about Stevie he, and Matt. Go ahead, Stevie. He he's gonna have to come up with some different stuff. I mean, you know, I know they, I know we want to run the ball. We want to run, run, but and you can still do that, but you got to be a little bit more creative with your play play calling. I mean, yeah. he's no he's no Lincoln Riley, that's for sure, but. Uh, you know, Donnie. Donnie knows everybody that, is on. Donnie knows that system. Uh, Donnie knows that system, Steve. He he was he was Lincoln Riley's receivers coach. So, yep. you know how much of this is is on Houston. How much of it's on Donnie? I, I you know, I, 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 I can tell I can tell you the play calling. Some of the play calling last night was atrocious, and that goes straight to Donnie. Yeah. Unless, unless Mike Houston's vetoing everything and saying no, do this. I don't know how much he micromanages. But, uh, you know, I know Donnie has the ability to run the air raid. You can't implement it midseason, but he knows how to run it. Well, guys, yeah, let's get I mean, the elephant in the room. Well, what's, the pro- what's the problem in Is it personnel or is he, is he not trust his personnel to do some of that stuff or what? I, well, as far as the air raid, I don't think he's being allowed to. I, I think we want to be able to. I agree. I, don't know. I mean, I know that. Yeah. But we he have had the- the per- I don't know if he has a. You know, if Mason's not going to throw the ball down the field, um, and you know Flynn, Flynn could probably do it. But you know, why you run an air raid if you got a quarterback with a strong arm that doesn't want to throw down the field? Yeah, Flynn, Flynn could. We need more receivers to to do. We we just got to come up with some creativity, and yeah. and, and we'll go ahead and go to this. And it's something that people have brought up, and I don't know how much y'all want to discuss it. Um, you know, a lot of people want Donnie gone now, and if you're going to make a change, now would be the time to do it. We're not advocating for anything like that; just speculating. Do you think just just with Shane Montgomery? I'm assuming is who would get the position. Shane's had some success as OC. He's been a head coach. Uh, he was, you know, he was a head coach. He was OC at JMU for a couple years under Kurt Stignetti. Uh, then he was OC at Buffalo. He was head coach at Miami of Ohio back in the day. Do you think at this point it would really make a difference if Shane Montgomery took over play calling, or would you just, you know, or, or do you, I'm not asking what y'all would do. Do you think it could make a difference? I'll jump in on this one. I, I think it could. Here, here's the thing. If you're going to make that change, right, 
if Mike Houston, what he has to do is basically say, I am giving you the reins to coach this offensive team the way you want to coach it. If we were to do that, now then you you could see some you could see some significant changes. Now, if Mike Houston was to bring in another play caller, but continue to kind of dictate the philosophy that he wants, it's going to look exactly the same. Exactly. The only way to really get yeah. true change is to basically turn over the reins and say, "Listen, this is your offense. You're going to run it the way you see fit. All right, and." We're, and you can kind of call the plays as you want to call them. Um, and we and we don't really know. And this is where it gets tricky with Donnie, because you guys made the point that Donnie learned not learn. I mean, he, he was with Lincoln Riley. Um, and, and you wonder why he doesn't utilize those principles more often in this offense. And and my theory is that because Mike Houston wants him to run this type of offense and that's it. And he's kind of stuck within that system. Um, we don't really know that. Nobody's ever going to admit to it, but um, things can change. This is a very long answer. I apologize, but things can change, but you, you really have to. And I don't know if you guys agree with that. I think if you're going to make the change, you have to say, listen, this is your offense. You go run it. Yeah. Yeah. I might be, might be do it with the guy that's there. Do it with Donnie. I mean, that's the thing. Donnie is, uh, Donnie's not the problem. Donnie's definitely not the problem. Uh, I don't know if he is or not. I'm, you know, we, we, we need to, I'd love, I'd love to be in those. Meetings. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready to say he's not the problem uh, right now. I mean, if I, I'll have to, cause I mean, here's the thing, Dave, it's just, and, and he may be, be being told what to call, what not to call, but it's just so predictable. Yeah. Everything is just so predictable that defenses yes, and you're helping the defense. College defenses that a defensive coordinator is going to pick up on that and say, "Okay, this is what he's going to do." You can't be predictable in in that situation. Especially, I mean, that made me so frustrated that more, that game that night. You saw how frustrated I was after that. He called yeah. that play. I mean, I was like, "Gosh, no! Do something, you know, a fake or something. It's something simple." <laughs> Uh, you you want to see frustration? You should have seen me last night. My dog, look, we got we got two dogs, and my dog Mickey's a yellow laughter. Really I'm sure mix, and she she was she was terrified. I don't I don't beat this dog. I don't hit this dog. I love my dog to death, and she was I was so frustrated and mad last night. She was terrified. This this eighty pound eighty five pound dog sitting in my wife's lap. That's how frustrated I was. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. Well, especially when that's a. We want to go to a bowl game. Guess how you go to a bowl game? You got to beat Rice. So now you you have to win five out of seven to have a prayer to go to a bowl. Nah, we game. ain't going to a bowl. A bowl. <laughs> a cereal bowl. Toilet bowl. He said, "I just want to beat Biffsteak." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just beat, <laughs> just, just beat, just just beat Biff and Charlotte at this point. I look. Charlotte. We talk about. I'm gonna do my Allen Iverson. We talking about Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> we talking about. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if we were to at this point in the season, if if we were to somehow win four more games and get to five wins, I'd be like, hell yeah, we're gonna win the national championship next year. That's how good of a turnaround winning five games would be this year at this point. Well, I mean, Matt, it, you did it '97. Your team did it '97. Yeah, Matt. well, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Steve Logan can be crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he turned it around. They were they rolled off. They got the five wins. They were one and five, right? 
one and five, Matt? Yeah, one and five. They rolled off four straight, got to got to uh five and five, and then lost to NC State. Um but yep. Logan changed what he was doing. Him and Doug, him and uh, Doug yep. Martin, yep. Uh, you know, had some creativity. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is the point right now where if you're going to change something, you need to do it now. Exactly. You got the, all the you got not all the time in the world, but you wouldn't be able to do it. Well, we did '97, if everybody remembers, and Matt, you were on that team, so you should remember it well. Uh, what we did '97 is we couldn't run block. Scott Harley, we had Scott Harley. And without the offensive line we had in '96, Scott Harley was about as used about as useful as a broke down Harley Davidson, and uh, we abandoned the run. We 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 almost were an air raid offense um, for the second half of the season under Logan. All right, here's my question: What do you abandon if you uh, on this team this year? What do you? What is your strength on this team right now? You know what I told Matt last night. I think I would do, and I said earlier in the podcast. I believe I would I, – I, even though I think Flynn's the better traditional quarterback, I don't think we can win that way. Um, I think I would put Mason under center, and I'd run I, I'd run Wildcat stuff. I'd run triple option stuff. I agree. Um, and then when I'd throw it, I'd be throwing it deep when they weren't expecting it. I think that gives us our best chance to win. Maybe I'm crazy, but that's probably what I, I would do. No, when we saw that. triple option stuff, are you, are you talking about traditional triple option, or are you, are you talking about from the gun? Talking about from the gun. I'm not talking about. I was going. about to say, yeah. As far as under center, that ain't going to happen. No, no. I'm talking from the gun. We're in a wildcat type stuff. Yeah. I, I'll tell you another I'll, thing. I like that. about being flexible. Uh, sorry, Dave. I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. Um, but I, I and and listen, people are going to be like, probably think I'm crazy for saying this, but I have no hesitation at this point, none whatsoever. If if like to that point about running some wildcat and maybe some option type principles like like a coastal would run from the pistol. Yep. If Jeter is my most athletic quarterback, I have no hesitation using him at this point either because you have nothing to lose. I, I don't think we're going bowling this year. So whoever provides me with the best opportunity to do it, I'm going to do it. If I have to burn some red shirts, I'm going to burn them. No, I'm well, with you. You look at this, and really, I mean, this is – in the modern era, I mean, as far as I've been following East Carolina football, I mean, this is worst you think back. You think back, yeah, the worst offense because you think back um, even in 2017 under Mo, uh, we, we're 24.9 points per game and had some big play potential there. And um, you know, with, with Trayvon Brown, yeah, yeah, you, you had you had uh, 2004 and we averaged just 21 points per game. In the second year, John Thompson, in '93 was God, a that was the worst offensive line I've ever seen. In '93 <laughs> was a disaster because of the quarterback situation. Uh, you know, losing Marcus Crandall in Game Two against UCF, and we averaged just 15.9 points per game that year. You think about that as bad as that was, and you weren't running as many plays then. Um, we're so we averaged 15.9 right now. Like I said as far as our offensive production in the first four games against FBS opponents, uh, you take out Gardner-Webb, and it's le- less than uh, 12 points per game. And Yeah, as I said to somebody last night, our offense is the – our offense this year is the equivalent to Scotty Montgomery defense. Our offense is Scotty <laughs> Montgomery defense, but it really is. No, you're right. That's a good point. Because our def- – guys, our de- – that's what's so frustrating, Matt. You're a defensive guy. 
this is the best defense we've seen in a good while. And if we had the, of course, it's Lincoln Riley, but if you have a Lincoln Riley offense and our you defense. You have a mediocre offense and we're three and two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the frustration by the fans is stop being stubborn. I mean, I don't know how many times I have said, but it's it's stubbornness. I really believe that. We have, did we lose a lot of offensive talent? Yes, but we still have talent. The cupboard is not bare. It's time to put heat on Mike Houston. Please stop being stubborn. And we're the friendlies. We're the guys that like you. So please stop. I do think talent is part of the issue, but you have to be more creative. The less talent you have, the more creative you have to be. But what I'm saying is some people want to make it out like we have no talent, like the cupboard's bare. I don't think that's the case. I think the case is that some coaches, it's like this. Some of the best coaches are the ones that take – hold on just one second. Hold on one second. You have some of the best coaches that are Hall of Famers, and they say, okay, this is my system, but we don't have the talent to fit that system or whatever the case may be, so I'm going to do everything in my power to win the game. You have those folks or the Mike Houstons who say, I'm stubborn as hell, and if I go down – I'm going to go down with my offense and my defense. Hey, the defense is doing well, so that lets you know the defensive part of the ball is fine. I would say the uh, stop being stubborn on the offensive side of the ball. He's a CEO of the program. Who else well, are you going it, to blame? It, more, it is, the last thing you want to do when you when you do have talent deficiencies is to try to play a vanilla offense, and that's what we're doing. Last night we were more pass heavy, but it was still extremely vanilla. We, there, there's got to be some creativity um, with coaching. Like I said, I mentioned earlier, I would have onside kicked it. There, there's, yeah. You've got to do some different things. You, there's got to be some – to me, the less talent you have, the more creative you have to be. Yeah, uh, Matt, uh, when you have a guy like – when you have a coach, Logan, I loved it, the fake field goals, fake punts, onside kicks. I mean, how much more and, – and going for it at the end of the ballgame instead of going to overtime – I mean, you got to appreciate the man had guts. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt he did. And, and, you know, you look at some of the really great coaches in college football, and I talk, I feel like I talk about this guy all the, the time. But uh, Norvell from Florida State, yeah. if you watch the way he calls plays, and this is going back to his days <laughs> at Memphis, all right? So I'm not just talking about now that he has elite, elite talent, but if you watch the way he calls games, he calls games to win. He, he never gets tightened up. As a matter of fact, when the game gets tighter, his offense opens up. Yep. And you see that from Lincoln Riley. You see the same thing. The great play callers, they don't call games tight. Um, and, and they instill a certain confidence in their team. Right. You know, like I remember one of the things Ruffin and Lincoln used to talk about all the time when they were here was – making the routine plays, making the routine plays. What was the routine play? It could have been like a 10-yard hitch to, to Justin Hardy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a, a, a pitch and catch. And they talked about those things, and they instilled confidence in their team. And you could just see the confidence when they stepped on the field. They had a system in place. Everybody was on the same page. They knew what they were doing. And they said, this is what we're going to do. This is who East Carolina is. This is our identity. You need to stop it. And – you know, again, not to sound like a broken record, but we still don't have that identity. It needs to change. It, exactly. it, it has to change. It has to be scrapped. You saw Mike Houston after his first year here. He made a change defensively to go to Brit, to Blake Harrell, which I thought was a really good move because his system, 
I, I prefer his type of system to what we had before here. Um, now I'm not calling for anybody to be fired. We've never, we never, one thing I want to say is we never call for anybody to be fired on the show. I don't think not yet. Have. No, but <laughs> no. if, if Donnie, if Donnie's the guy and I really like Donnie a lot, I think, yeah, we, by the way, Matt, to be but, for, to, for, for all fairness, in the past, we have called for people to be fired before you were part of the show. <laughs> this, right, well, at one point, this whole podcast. I'll say this year. But the first year, what we did. Yeah. And, and Bubba was a quarterback at the collegiate level. I mean, just, just in terms of an identity, how important is that? I mean, I mean, I, I'm stating the obvious, but I mean, you you can talk to that. And, and Matt, I'd stepped away for a moment and you said talk to the importance of what? Your identity as an offense, as a, a quarterback team. at the collegiate level. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, you got to have something to be able to hang your hat on. And, you know, and that's the thing. Um, we've you know, just everything has, there's been uh, so much inconsistency and just the uh, struggles you can tell. That we're searching for answers, um, because some people may say that uh, you know we're not trying different things, and I, I do think there at times um you're you're never going to agree with all the all the play calls, but like last night we threw the ball 44 times, and there were who knows probably another at least five or six times where Alex took off running. So I mean you you might as well say that we. Threw the ball 50, 50 plus times last night as far as what was called. And um, you, you saw that last year at times when we weren't having a whole lot of success running the ball against NC State or or uh, other teams. And um, it, was, it was good to see us not bang our head against the wall and uh, you know do what was successful. And we threw the ball pretty successfully on first down. I think we had at least five or six plays. 10 yards or more and uh, I want to say three that were in excess of 20 yards and like Kyle mentioned earlier and the commentators mentioned last night I think it was about halfway through the second quarter when we had a, a play in excess of 20 yards they said that is just the seventh play this year in four and a half games that East Carolina has had a play over 20 yards on offense whether it's running or passing hey guys uh, I have a glitch I don't know who that is on YouTube makes a great point. I want to, this is a great, uh, even Stevie's still, Stevie, you're still with us, right? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Just want to double check. Okay. All right. So uh, I have a glitch just talking about burning the red shirts. Uh, you know, don't even worry about red shirts. And and I think that to his point, I will say, I assume it's a gentleman. Uh, if it's a lady, I apologize. But uh, to the point, you know, we got to win at any cost, obviously legally, but we got to win and give these guys experience. I remember my coach, uh, my senior year, said, if I can lose with seniors, I can lose with sophomores. Matt, what do you think about that, Bubba, Kyle? Should we well, in, in, the day, in, the day, in the day and age of the, uh, of the transfer portal, um, you know, if a kid ain't ready, he ain't ready. But uh, if you got a kid that, that's a freshman that you think can contribute to the team, you better put him on the field. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Whoever gives you the best chance to win. Now, if I have two equal players of equal ability, um, my preference is to go with the senior. 
you know, that's just my preference because of the fact that he's paid his dues in the program. I think it's good for the program, but you play the best player. If the best player is a sophomore, if the best player is a freshman, right now if Bond is our best playmaker on offense, he needs to get more touches than anybody else. Absolutely. And I, and I think Mike Houston, um, he's done that. He's proven time and again that uh, he's willing to do that. I mean, you look at 2020 with, with Rajay and, and Keaton, and um, and you you had a guy who had been been in the program for a few years uh, that Mike Houston uh, was fond of from a, you know from a personal standpoint, and also some of the things that he did on the field in various minutes. But um, but Keaton Mitchell and Rajay Harris, you know, quickly became our running backs that year, and uh, you know both did some nice things to be true freshmen, and then uh, you've seen it. I've seen it at times when you uh, you seen Nick it again this year at the running back position with Javius Bond, and I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the other examples. Marlon Gunn last year. Yeah, Marlon Gunn last year. True freshman yeah, I mean, and Coach Houston is not it's not afraid uh, to um, to play a true freshman, especially at those skill well, positions. Right. I think the point is as though uh, Bubba, as far as we're talking about when we're talking about depth, I think what what he's saying is as far as burning the red shirt, meaning. Uh, if you got those players and you're having a tough time winning, maybe some of those players can provide a spark, and so you won't have to. And it also, if we're talking about, he's if, probably if referring. Not, he's probably he didn't say it, but he's probably talking about Raheem Jeter. That, or uh, certainly, if there's anybody on the line, uh, there's any guy, guys, receiver. Um, well, Bill Watson saying that Bond is the best player. Why isn't he playing more? I, I, that's a good question. I mean, if he's got, I, I've you know, heard, he, I've heard Bond has some durability issues that he, he, uh, he may not be quite up to, to be the primary back yet from a physical standpoint. He, he gets. I don't know if it's winded. Bubba, have you heard this? I've that would be, that would be my my guess. And then also, you got to remember. Uh, pass protection. Um, I'm not talking about Javius being an issue for Javius because I haven't zeroed in on him like that. Um, but as he far did, as, he did as, need as to get more touches pass protection, line, I, but Rajay is the obviously the bigger back and has a lot of experience in that. And um, I noticed multiple times last night that you know whether and we talked about not getting the ball to Shane Calhoun, but keeping. Because of our issues, um, we're not able to release Shane Calhoun and Rajay Harris, et cetera, into routes as much as we'd like because we need better protection. Would you would you do more two back and just so you could leave one of them in a protection? Or, I know you're going to have one less receiver, but would, would you would you do? We we've done a little bit of it. Would you do more two back stuff? Perhaps. I mean, I, th- I think we we got to you know we got to <laughs> get Javis as many touches as possible. Absolutely. And Kyle, you you brought up a great point uh, weeks ago about Rajay or any of the guys. The and uh, we talked about Lincoln Riley a lot tonight. But that short passing game when you throw when you throw the every, ball every out. Every time you say Lincoln Riley for whatever reason, I think of Captain Bill. And I uh, appreciate Captain Bill last <laughs> night giving me a shout out on the show. Actually, it was something nice. But uh, on, on the fifth quarter calling Joseph Hub, uh, so I appreciate that, Captain Bill. But I remember when he used to call in the fifth quarter calling show and goes, uh, "Lincoln Riley sucks." But uh, anyway, go ahead. Now, very quickly, I want Johnny Robertson. As far as he said, that's not accurate at all. Halfway through the second quarter last night, they, they were saying coming into last night that we had only had um, 
that limited number of plays. But yes, last night that was much better because you you had, um, as you mentioned, Johnny, you know, five plus plays of twenty or more yards last night. You had the the big pass play to Josiah Hatfield. You had another twenty yard out route to Josiah Hatfield. Uh, I can think of those two right off the top of my head. And one touchdown. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, Johnny, no offense, but that's a loser. That we were talking about earlier today, Kyle, is how you know, we had been pretty good in the red zone prior to uh, prior to last night. We were scoring touchdowns about sixty-five plus percent of the time, and and yeah, and I, yeah, I think last that, night I, it was 20 percent of the time. Yeah, I shouldn't have talked about that. I should have. <laughs> I, I praised how at least when we got in the red zone, we took advantage of it, and last night. Uh, we got in the red zone multiple times, and uh, boy, didn't take advantage of anything except you know made some field goals. Uh, but hey, hats off to uh, to um, uh, to our kicker uh, Conrad Thompson, not Conrad Thompson, Jim. <laughs> Stevie would have laughed at that one if he was still on the air. Um, uh, Conrad, uh, look at Conrad. Conrad. Yeah, thank Andrew you, Conrad. If you don't know Conrad Thompson, Conrad Thompson, is, Thompson. Uh, Conrad Thompson hosts multiple wrestling podcasts. Yeah, Andrew. Uh, oh, <laughs> Andrew Conrad. Um, so who the heck is Conrad Thompson? Well, Dave knew yes. who he was, yeah. and Stevie would have died laughing if Stevie That's why I laughed. He's the pod father, Bubba. He's yeah, the pod yeah, I can't stand him. But um, he, um, he, he, he hats off to Conrad last night. Um, he he uh, made all his uh, all his field goals and um, his one extra point. James Cutler says, we're not good up front. That quarterback sneak attempt. Was what our season is about, uh, you know, summed up in one play. It all starts up front. I hate that, man. I, if and, you go quarterback sneak it, don't run it up to the line. No. Very, very interesting uh, statistic from Stephen Igo at Hoist of Colors. He, he had pulled this from Pro Football Focus, and that is, um, you know, on, on our dropbacks last night, which I said was roughly 50 attempts, give or take. On 48 or 49% of those that uh, Alex Flynn had, had received received uh, pressure. Wow. And yeah. then at times, I heard Marcus talking about this last night, or it was either him or Nichols on the fifth quarter, um, that there was times because he was getting so much pressure that he started feeling ghost pressure, and he didn't get happy feet, but he got rid of the ball before he needed to. Right. But. And there was a time where uh, Rice, uh, we we were in a three by one set where we had three receivers to the field and a single receiver into the boundary, and Rice brought a safety blitz, and um, Alex recognized that and threw a threw um I wanted to say is a fade ball into the boundary where if he had it was actually it's understandable why he did it, but at the same time. It was picked up pretty well that time by the offensive line, and we had time, and we had a, a rub route to the trips come open very, very much like the one um, there in the fourth quarter of the Marshall game, where it was a third and six situation, and um, you know, if, and it could have been a first down or perhaps a touchdown. Matt, do you care to share with the world what you told me last night? If you don't, you don't have to. We'll move on. Uh, just, just wanted to ask if you wanted to share that or not. <laughs> which, which part though? I shared uh, a lot about our offensive line coach. 
no, I uh, no, no. Okay, I, all right, well, all right. We'll just I, leave everyone in suspense. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I the. Uh, but the. I can't. Yeah, I I just think that like my, you know. Got you. No problem. Yeah, we, no, um, I think that. I I believe though that um, when it's all said and done. And by if, the way, to be clear on that, that was nothing negative about our offensive line coach. It was nothing mad and derogatory. Yeah. It was it was something he was told in confidence, and he wants to keep it that way. And and I will say this again: uh, if if things stay the same, then you have to blame the coaching staff. It doesn't matter what you think about the the talent, not talent, whatever. The bottom line is the coaching has to change, and if it doesn't change, we'll be one and eleven, maybe two and ten. Guys, I, I'll say this as it relates to the offensive line. I, my, you know, because we're talking, we've, we're, we're obviously, hey, look, we're all being critical of what we see. I, I want to, you know, we talk about solutions. One of the things that I would really do this offseason, uh, and not to just fast forward over the rest of this year, but I, I think in order for Mike Houston to be successful here, first, he's got to reevaluate the type of offensive lineman he's getting into the program. But, I would hit the portal heavily on the O line. Juco, I, I don't think in. we can. I, Matt, or, I, I, or Juco, or, yeah, or Juco. Portal, I think portal's yeah. hard for us on offensive line because they go first. But who the hell is recruiting junior colleges anymore? Well, I have. Hey, that's that, a great. That would question. be great because uh, you're getting players who have experience, which is great. But I'm telling you, I would hit it so heavy. I would. I wouldn't hesitate to bring in four or five guys this year that. Or, or however you want to call it, like Portal, JUCO, guys that have game experience, and because th- this this right now this this line it's a patchwork offensive line when you think about it. Um, and let's face it, the losses of Strother and Avery Jones they were huge, huge losses. Yeah. But we're just not we're not protecting the quarterback. We're not opening holes on a consistent basis in the running game. Um, and I, I do think I'll tell you, I think that the offensive line coach, I think he's a very good coach. He's highly respected. Um, I think he's just not working with enough talent at this point. All right. We did have a, uh, guys, we do have a phone call. Um, well, actually we lost the call. Can they call back? And our number is two, five, two, two, nine, zero, zero, three, seven, five, two, five, two, two, nine, zero, zero, three. Seven five. Eight. Last call for your calls. That call will call back, and if you want to call in, call in now because we ain't gonna be on the air too much longer. Yeah, we do have a comment midnight. from uh, Andy Gross. Um, Andy saying talent on the offensive side of the ball equates to making plays. Houston is right when he says we didn't make as many plays. Let's be honest: how many real plays has anyone made on offense this year? Uh, have made a few. Have made a few layups, uh, absolutely, but we need players to man up, and we quite simply haven't seen that thus far, and thus the the one and four record. Uh, hey, man, so, Andy. Part, well, I mean, he's kind of saying yeah, the opposite yeah. of what you're saying, Dave. But, yeah, I mean, he, he's talking about the, it's the players. You're talking about the play calling. I think it's some of both. Yeah, I Maybe think it's a combination of two, but uh, yeah, I, I, I would lean, lean more personnel and inexperience. But, uh, yes. Yeah, so, Certainly, uh, I think there's plenty of plenty of blame to go around, but at the same time, as far as the, the lack of plays I referenced, I guess now we we probably have about 10, 11 plays over 20 yards this year, something of that nature. 
and then um, well, we who have, do we have besides? Let's 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 think about it. Like, who do we, we have? have? I think we've had one play over forty yards, yeah. and that was that run that Mason Garcia had against Marshall. That was I think fifty-seven. And yep. you just think back to last year, all those plays. Oh man, Keith Mitchell receiving or rushing that, that Keith Mitchell had in excess of fifty yards, and then uh, and then also um, all the the big pass plays that you had. Over uh, over fifty yards to CJ, or you know, thirty forty yards to CJ Johnson. Yeah, I, I just wonder who do we have? Mason's a playmaker, but we don't have him on the field because he doesn't. He, he you know he's scared to throw the ball. Um, so you, who who do we have that's capable of making big plays? Bond, um, Jalen Johnson, if he can, if he'll catch the ball um, so well. He's going to eventually be good. He ain't there yet. He's a good possession receiver right now. He, he's got to learn how to make big plays. He's a good possession guy. We don't have very many playmakers. We, we don't. I just I look at them, and we're not putting them in positions with creativity. So I, I go back to it again. To me, when you lack a lot of playmakers, and you have to be more creative, not less creative. If you'd have told me that we'd be five games into the season, almost halfway through the season. Um, kind of to our point earlier um, with everything we had heard, because one of the safest things to do, and, I, and granted, and is probably largely because of the protection, but one of the safest things to do is a you know play action shot to the outside on a takeoff route to um, to a Josiah Hatfield. I, it it just blows my mind. Um, you know, other, I mean, I guess it's just just the protection, perhaps some. Um, let Mason air it out about 50 yards down the field to Josiah. Roll him out. Roll him out, yeah. Lance Rodney. Yeah, ha- half roll. Yeah. All right, guys, guys, we have a, a legend on the line right now from East Carolina, a guy that Matt Semenza knows extremely well, played in the in the line uh, linebacker position. He was definitely in the room. I'm talking about Mark Lebiano, all the way from the great state of California. What's up, Lebiano? Hey guys, how you doing? What's up, Libs? What's up, Matt? Hey, it sounds like it sounds like we're on a continuous this year, huh? <laughs> we are on same, a continuous loop, brother. Uh, and, we're and just going to do this one show. We have the Glad you called in, man. I, I know with, with that hamster on a wheel, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Matt. No, Mark. I'm glad you called in because listen, I, I you know. People appreciate your uh, your your perspective on this, and you know, I, I was really happy you called in because I just want to hear your thoughts on on yesterday and where you think things are going right now. So you can definitely see those kids getting better at the system. The problem is, is this is a continuous loop from the beginning, and it, we saw it last year. This is too much conservative for a place place at East Carolina. You need to to kind of get quick pitch in there, throw a quick screen, do a few things that are, quote, quote, crazy. I have not seen the ball go on the field, just stretching the field. I mean, the Raiders used to do do that. What was it? The the stretch play. They didn't even care if they actually completed the pass. But you're not seeing these tweaks, which very much concerns me. Last year, you didn't need those tweaks because you had a lot of talent. This year, uh, you, you kids that need to step up, um, 
you're starting to see a little flash here, a little flash there, but it, by the time the flashes come to fire, it's, the season's over. There's things that you can do when you're down. You guys talked about it earlier, down the five yard line, like play action or a quick pitch or roll the quarterback out and give him an option or two. If he can't take it, he just chucked it in. You're not seeing any of this stuff. You're seeing first down, ball up the middle to the left, second down, ball up the middle to the right. It's just crazy. Mason Garcia should be in the, on the field with other quarterbacks. I mean, he's like 6'4", 280. I mean, he can fall forward for four yards. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's you know, you laugh, but it's like, well, why isn't he in there right. one or two just to have – just to have the defense think of it, right? And, you know, I mean, the kid's quick, and they need to tweak it. The Are you saying line him up and run it back? Yeah, right out to the left. The put refrigerator. Him, put the one little – yeah. Like, not, <laughs> he's not going to go up the middle, but right. you can kind of quick him. You can have him do a – it's it's another tactic for the defenses to kind of think about it. And Boy, and then with him, a, you know, being he is a quarterback, then you got that thought of is he going to throw the ball. Right, that's a good Well, point. that's the thing, like a pop pass, 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 like pass. a red zone pop pass, right? Yeah, easy. I mean, you, you, but you can't do it. You got to do it in the middle of whatever. And and I don't know who came up with the um, talking about onside kick. You got to do it on the second quarter. You got to do it when they're not expecting. You got to do a few things. And none of this stuff is being done. So it was I mean, me. I said after we tied it up, move? after we tied it up 17 yeah. I would onside kick it right there. Why not? Why yeah. not? But I said to Matt earlier in a in a tweet too: Is are we getting so conservative that it's 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 grinding us down to nothing? Where you know last year, if you watched, if you watched um, the defense, they blitzed a lot. Now you're not seeing any blitzes. I know, you know, everyone's like, oh, you don't want to expose your defense. Well, <laughs> sometimes we needed to, right? Like we needed to get to the quarterback and. You're seeing it now. We're we're just getting picked apart at the at third quarter. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but I know there's a lot of adjustments that could be made. And if you keep doing the same game plan, you're not right. going to have any anything but the same game plan for the last ten games. So. Mark, what do you what do you think last night when I you know and we asked Matt about it? And I asked you. We tied it up seventeen seventeen. You know, it, it, we didn't kick it onside. Obviously, we kicked it off. The defense had played pretty well. That was their worst drive of the game. After we tied it up, our defense, you know, that they played horrible on that possession. Why in that situation? That that shows me a lack of confidence. Yeah, yeah. tired, wrong scheme, kids breaking down. You have this in college, right? You just got to go out and figure it out and get tighter, man. And something else, it's, you know, kind of a comment I made to my dad earlier today, just, you know, any little mistake the defense makes like that, um, it, it's magnified because so the offense sucks. Because you, you know right. we're not going to score but so many points. I mean, so so when they right. do give up a play, then uh, it, it really is under a microscope. Yeah, you you, you get yeah. mad at the off the defense because they gave up that play. But the bottom line is they held them to twenty four points. Uh, yeah, we we should have yards, and you, you think about it in the first it's half. Not- they had 89 total yards and 58 were on two plays. We should have been up 21 to 10 at halftime. Amen. Absolutely. And you know let me just go back a second because Mark makes a really good point about 
um, you know, and, 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 you know, Mark knows about this as, as a, a guy who was a great linebacker, but, you know, you talk about when Mark mentioned offenses that stretch the field vertically. And even if those are incomplete passes, they're still effective because what they do is they give the free safety something to think about instead of just, if you're free safety and you know, there's no threat of the deep ball. I, 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 I used to always heard the term checking their oil. Yeah. Well, it comes, you just want to come downhill and make plays. Right. But you get, it's, it's no different than in boxing. A boxer goes to the body occasionally with a body shot just to keep the guy honest, just right. to mix things up and give a different look. We don't take deep shots. And so, so really what you're doing is you're giving the, the defense less yep. to think about and you're right. allowing those free safeties to be more aggressive and come downhill. So, you know, I think that's a very good point. Have it, has any of the quarterbacks thrown a ball down? I mean, I have. I've watched every game. I haven't. I don't think I've missed much. Yeah, well, we, we hit one have last night to put us first and goal at the three, um, and then we didn't get it in. But yeah, that that was off a long pass. Play. That was about a forty yard pass. We need more of that. Okay. So, may, but but maybe yeah, maybe two of those all year. Maybe maybe that was the first one I remember all year actually. Yeah, yeah, Mason completed a deep ball. I want to say it was that perhaps that final possession where we avoided the shutout at Michigan. But yeah, but okay, yeah right. it, it's it's blown my mind. Uh, you know, just we have guys that can throw the ball deep, and we're not throwing the ball deep. I mean, I but in terms of a deep ball that puts us in a first and goal situation, that was the first one all year, and then we didn't capitalize. Yeah, maybe yeah. the minute we're situation. We're talking about squeaks, too, to this offense and this defense. And the concern that we have is you're not seeing the tweaks, you know. Um, And that's going to get you in a lot of trouble deep into the season. So, I mean, I went through that 2-9 and season um, with Logan. That was my sophomore year. 93. Yeah, when Marcus went Went down. down. Marcus. So, we started off with Mike. Was it Anderson? Yeah, Michael Anderson, Anderson was Michael no, was Anderson. Marcus Crandall in '93, and then and then and then it became uh, it became Hester, and then Perez Madison. Yeah, Anderson was '92. Yeah, so he got kicked off the team. Yeah, wasn't it? Anderson got kicked off the team. Then it was Marcus and Hester battling it out, and everyone really didn't know it until maybe a week before, and everyone on the team was like, "Whoever it is, is whoever it is." became Marcus and then Marcus went down and then Hester came in. Right. And then Hester goes down, you know, like two games in and you're just like, it's, it's daunting, but you know, then Perez came in and he just ran around the ball and you know, it, it was what it was, but um, you can tweak it. And, you know, you listen to a lot of these guys, this is not the NFL where you got perfect receivers grabbing the balls and doing the thing. You got to get the guys in some open space and you got to get, you got to tweak it and learn who's going to make some plays. I mean, if they can't catch the ball, you got to go to the next guy. I mean, that's, that's how it was, man. If Matt missed the tackle, he was out. So was I like, I, I just, it's just crazy to see, um, this going on and not being adjusted. You know? The craziest part to me about the offense, and I, and I brought him up before, our most consistent receiver. Think about this, guys. If, if anybody who wonders if, this, if, this person, if it has anything to do with personnel or not, it does. 
our most consistent receiver yeah. is a guy who started three games on a one and eleven Colorado team that Deion Sanders kicked off the team. That's our most consistent receiver. Yeah, well, throw him the ball more there. And, and please yeah. don't misunderstand that uh, because that, that is not a that's not a shot at no, it's so not well. a shot at him at all. I like the kid a lot. Just, he's, he's a red shirt freshman, and he, he's. Uh, He's got you know, 15 catches for – No, God knows. I, he's the one bright spot I see most weeks. Yeah. Well, we have – you know, yeah, no. so we're heading into the bye week. I think we're going to get um, – sa- is it Savage, Bubba? Savage, right? Yeah. Tyler Ty- Savage. Tyler Savage. Savage. Tyler Savage. I couldn't think of the name. He's a His big first year, first year he was a receiver, and then uh, last year is more of a hybrid role, kind of, kind of used like Ryan Jones. Yeah, I think he's a guy that can help us a little bit coming out of the break. And then how about the receiver? Again, I mentioned this last week, the receiver we brought in from Kansas. We got him. Uh, oh, man, he's stealing Robinson. Yeah. I mean, he's a big target. You Dude. know, they, the coaching staff raved about him. He got mono. And I don't summer. think he's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, you got to think, because that I want to say that was like in fall camp. Summer camp, yeah. Hopefully, you know, at this point, mono can linger, man. It can linger on some people for months. I don't know if it is real or not. Yeah, mono can linger. It, yeah, it, it just depends on the person. It it fits. Uh, I mean, it uh, affects people just like anything else differently. Well, it, it attacks your immune system, and you know, whenever you got anything that attacks your immune system, you some people come back from that faster than others. So, so Mark, while we have you here, offensively, you know, not not to kind of put you on the spot here, but the system we have in place. I mean, if if you were if you were a new coach here, what type of system would you want to see run it? You know, we've seen the Lincoln Riley system, we've seen you know the the Skip Holt system, we've seen the Steve Logan system. Yeah, you know, like, is there a, what kind of preference would you have? What would you like to see moving forward from the offense? You you gotta you gotta do a little bit little bit more creativity like you guys were talking about earlier. Um, I, I don't mind what they're trying to do. Um, I just I just think you gotta put a trick play in or two. You gotta put a quarter double quarterback in. You gotta kind of tweak the vanilla shake that you got right now. And I understand the reason why he's doing a lot of this stuff is he's, they're trying to do their system. The problem is is they grind it out football team is not going to really work at East Carolina. You got to find a few of the gems and you got to feed them. And it's just, it's, you know, grab a horse and, and you run. I mean, just do you remember when Zay Jones was there? I mean, all of a sudden they just threw the ball to him 19 times a game and, you know, it kind of worked, you know? No, the, um, the, if Houston, in my opinion, Matt and, and, and Mark and everybody, um, if Houston wants to be a run-first offense, and I'll go back to Rich Rod again. Um, I've been on a Rich Rod kick all week. Um, that would be a good system. Um, like Again, maybe go get the OC from Jacksonville State where Rich Rod is now. That's a run-based offense, but it spreads you out and uses a lot of creativity and misdirection. But Matt, Matt already said this earlier. You don't, we don't have the offensive line to do exactly what they're trying to do now. We are right. talking about a different – you're talking about a different run scheme, which you're getting spread out. I mean, some of those guys take two, three yards in a in a split versus what we're doing. Yep, exactly. You know, just trying to. Run the ball. 
Exactly. Counter, it's not it's about running it. It's the way we're trying to run it. Correct. So, I mean, you spread you spread the defense out. It's even harder. Even if you have eight guys in the box, you're still a couple yards away from it, and you get, you know, you get whacked on the cutback and things like that. But it's just, I think what they're doing, if, if uh, Houston goes forward, he just needs to tweak it a little bit and let some of the balls air out and do a quick, pitch to the to the running back i mean some of these running back i mean you don't even need the blocker just pitch it to him let him run exactly it's just, it's just um you yeah. know they just need to kind of cut a few things in there and um just do some ends i haven't seen too many ends we got that first down uh, it was a penalty and then they went right back to the same play and it's like well how is this like why aren't you running this normally the Have first me. possession of the you second start. half, we attacked the middle of the field. To your point, Mark, uh, you know we had the yeah. had the big completion to Shane Calhoun, and then I'm trying to remember if it was so well, uh, but we had another big completion on on a in route. Yeah, a lot of these guys are you know they'll get there. Uh, I just think. A lot of this stuff just needs to be tweaked. And we're not saying abandon the whole offense. As we're just saying, tweak it, man. Like, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt wants to take... abandon the offense. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But I, you're not going to abandon that offense with that coach. So, I mean, you're talking about a whole different level of conversation. But I'm just saying, at this point, to win some games this year, you need to put a few buzz plays in. You need to – you know, do a, do a few things that, uh, you know, that breaks your rhythm. Um, I mean, you know, Don, I think Donnie's probably um, got so much football on him that he's he's forgotten more than any of us. But um, in that sense, too, is he forgets that, you know, it's okay to actually throw the ball on, on first down, right? Like, it's okay to run the ball on third down. Um, I, just, I just think we're just behind the chains. Um, I mean, you guys all know this, but, you know, a lot of the announcers talk about getting ahead of the chain. I mean, there's too many times where we're, we're third and seven, right? Exactly. Like, you need second and, and second and two, so you can throw that bomb and you can, you know, you got to you gotta just switch it up, man. There's just a lot of tweaks. I don't think they're going to get rid of anyone at this point. Um, but they need I wouldn't to be sure about that. <laughs> well, you look so, at when- We'll see. I thought when Donnie was at, and again, I really like Donnie a lot. I really do. Uh, I, but I think when he was at his best at ECU was when he was receivers. Uh, he was coaching the wide receivers when we would have the wide receiver screen game, and we had a ton of wide. We had different looks. We would have tunnel yep. screens, smoke yeah. screens, traditional wide receiver screens. His receivers, we executed those plays so well, and they blocked Amen. their ass off. Yes, they blocked, They were so good. We had Jimmy Williams. We had Hardy. Um, Dwayne Harris. Harris. Dwayne Harris. Um, I just haven't been able to figure out why we haven't implemented more of that. So, yeah, we have in, in the recent weeks. You could tell we've started to run more wide receiver screens, which I really like. But we need to build off of those because now, you know, you have it on film. People are going to see it. So what are you going to do to counter that? Um, I'm ready for a screen and go. Exactly. Well, but you mentioned that a few weeks ago, like South Florida used to, you know, be very effective at that. 
but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's uh, it's just been a fr- it's been frustrating to watch. Yeah, yeah you got to ask me something in here. Go ahead, Matt or uh, Mark. No, it's just the loop. It's the same thing. It's the same thing over and over again. Is it the talent? Is it the coaching? Is it you know? It's and I think we all kind of came to the same conclusion. It's probably a little bit of both, and they need to figure it out. That's what they get the big bucks for, you know. You got to so, get it right. I do have a comment from that- Elliot Jameson, and kind of deviating from from the the present and taking a trip back into to Mark's playing days. Mark, talk about your memories of Willie Brookins. Uh, Elliot said he had some classes with Willie, and obviously he was a, a key cog. I, I want to say Willie went down, um, was injured in that 1994 win when we beat South Carolina 56-42. He was a big, he was a big kid. I just remember big, just big, like athletic, um, just a big kid. Could uh, could really um, dominate when he needed to. So it was, it's you know. Yeah, that's what Elliot said. He was a big football yeah. player. Strong, big, big guy, Very big strong, guy. strong, huge, strong. You remember him, Matt? Right? Or were you, were yeah. you a little too young? Uh, he was. He was definitely a lot older than me. But I just remember him. He was a strong dude. Like. Like, like, like he had like, you know, grown man strength, you call it, you know what I mean? <laughs> For lack of a better term. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, he would just stand up and stand those other line dudes up and that was it. So, Or, or as Ruffy um, McNeil would say, gam. So, yeah. So, yeah. uh. Mark, I would go on. Grown ass man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, um. Uh, Obviously, one and four now. We have seven games left. Do you see wins on the schedule left? Or, I mean, how many do you think we're going to? I know you don't have a crystal I'm gonna, ball. I'm going to say this, and you guys are all going to jump up and down. I, I, I think they're getting better um, little by little, um, tweaks and stuff. So I, I don't see. I told Matt, I thought there was a lot of winnable games in the beginning of the year. I mean, I don't think we're going to get through to the lane but you know what man like if they just keep dialing in the defense and you know clean up that offense a little bit and i, I just i just think there's winnable games but i think you're gonna go through games like this like the marshall game and like this where it's kind of like you so know we're gonna steal some games a, what soon. I, I i there's nothing on that i mean unless i'm missing something i i just thought I thought uh, we were going to get picked apart by this quarterback, and I thought we did well on defense. Um, you know, you just got to get the ball in the end zone and get that yeah. breakaway. I think, yeah. I think there's still some, some games. I wouldn't give up on them, but, um, you know, runway's running out, bud. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 yeah, you got that right. About any game on, this, on the schedule. You, you, got, you got extra days to prepare for SMU. Um, so if you're going to put in some stuff, now's the time that you can execute that nobody's seen yet uh now would be the time to do it um maybe maybe you put in some stuff SMU hadn't seen you can jump on them early and who knows get momentum on a Thursday night in Greenville and who knows what can happen but we are going to be heavy underdogs I would expect probably 14 point underdogs when SMU comes down yeah yeah that's not a lot I mean I, I I just think this team 
Yeah, he can hang in there on defense. There's a few breakdowns on defense, but he's got to get the offense kind of sputtering there and get it going, man. Put both of those quarterbacks in. I don't think either one of these quarterbacks separated themselves. So nope. I, I could say that all day long. Um, I've put uh, Mason in a little bit to see if he can do a few different things and have some packages for him and kind of see what happens the rest of the year. But you need to figure out you need to develop some of these receivers and and uh, figure out your running game as well. So we'll see. It yeah. all come. It'll come out. No doubt, we'll see how the. It's not quite the second half of the season, but after the SMU game, we'll be halfway through. So we'll see how just over uh, second over just over the uh, first half, if you will. But uh, Mark, thank you so much for coming on, man. We appreciate you so much and. How are things in California, by the way, before we let you go? Oh, everything's fine. We, um, we're good out here, and the sun is still shining, and um, lots of football and water polo with the kids, and schedule's all jammed up, so we're having fun. Well, thanks for asking, and I'll see you guys later. All right, thanks, Mark. Appreciate you calling in. Always a great treat when we have you on. Appreciate you, bro. No problem. Keep doing what you do. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate you here on the Pirate Football Playback here on the Sports Objective. Again, brought to you by uh, LNK Custom Homes, Kevin Walker, licensed general contractor, 336. And that would be 336-688-8461 is the number. Again, 336-688-8461. That's the number for Kevin Walker at LNK Custom Homes. We appreciate him so much for sponsoring the show for a few years now. And Kevin K.K. Walker is one of the best as we've said many times, to ever put on a purple and gold uniform. And so glad to have him part of our sports objective, the TSO family. Uh, guys, uh, we're kind of running out of time here. What are you, a uh, long show, but I think it's been great. A lot of people watching and listening tonight. Do you have any final thoughts before we go? I've uh, got a lot to clean up. Before SMU comes in here, we need to see some creativity on offense. This team has got, and this coaching staff has got to have a sense of urgency um, SMU is going to be a handful. We, we do get them in here on a Thursday night. It's a long way from Dallas to Greenville. Um, right. Anything can happen. Uh, but boy, uh, you're going to have to improve dramatically on offense to be able to win that football game. Um, so hopefully what you do, you see, you see enough that makes you feel good about your, your chances the following week against Charlotte. Matt, do you have anything before we get out of here? You know, honestly, I think I said everything I wanted to say. And uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, thanks to Liviano for calling in. That was man. awesome. Always, always good to catch up with him. My phone, I got cut out there for a few seconds. So uh, I missed the tail end of that conversation. But uh, always good to hear from Libs. You know, he's a fellow Northeast guy, originally from Pennsylvania. And now he's out in Cali. I don't know what he's doing out there, but it uh, sounds like life is good. So um, good to have him call in. But that's all I got, fellas. All right, Bubba, do you have anything before we wrap this up? I'd just say kind of like you guys have already mentioned that you know, coming off an open date and the opportunity to you know really dive into SMU and some potential ways um, that we can not only be be creative in how we get the ball in J.D.'s Bond's hands and uh, Josiah Hatfield's hands, et cetera, uh, but if we don't run, you know, at least – one or two kind of uh, wrinkles or, you know, trick plays or whatever you want to call them, 
against SMU, um, that will be disappointing. I, I'd love to – so let's say in that game, you know, we get some decent field position early. Let's say we kick off and uh, force SMU to a three and out or and we, we get the ball around midfield. Uh, in positive field position and force a turnover. Now I'd, I'd love to see us come out and you know with a double pass, with a double pass, or you know, yeah, um, or you know, in, end around and uh, a pass off of that, or you know, something like that. No doubt, we remember the trick play we did against South Carolina that first. I think that was the wasn't that the first play. Yeah, jet uh, jet sweep pass. Jet sweep. And, yeah, and Tyler Sneed put it on the money to Josiah Hatfield for an eighty-yard touchdown. Boom, just like that. So anything will be great. Yeah, let's uh, see what happens. Of course, a bye week, so uh, they'll we'll uh, we'll beat off. Have, yeah, well, I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting for somebody to say that. Well, we got to get that clip. We got to steal that clip. Uh, somebody has that. I know Pirate Radio still plays it. We need to steal that clip of Ruffin saying that, and then uh, a classic. No hey question about. One more thought I, I had. Just to, sorry, Kyle. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but uh, that, sorry, no, I was just talking about beating off. <laughs> but uh no i just want to say thanks to all the people who tuned in tonight and listened uh awesome conversation you yeah. know we definitely we appreciate you tuning in we want to spread the word about this show so you know please check us out go to our uh, our youtube page the sports objective facebook like Twitter. it subscribe facebook We're everywhere it. tiktok tell your, tell your friends about the show you know tell your friends hey it's a great show lots of strong opinions you know you know so we, we appreciate that support and if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, you know, we are also available anywhere you can find podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, wherever you listen to podcasts, yep. we are also there in audio only format. Well, that's a traditional podcast we've had for over five and a half years now and appreciate the people that have been with us every step of the way. By the way, I, I got one final thing, guys, non-football related, but I want to give a shout out to the university. We give them a hard time sometimes, but... Parker Easton and everybody with uh, marketing and fan engagement, I want to give them a shout out. Here's what happened. Not to make it about me, but my beautiful daughter, they gave an opportunity for girls to come out. I think the ages were like 7 to 13, but they had a volleyball game yesterday. And you have a chance to shadow someone for like, you know, if you wanted to be a part of the dance team, social media, et cetera. My daughter wants to be like her dad and have like her own show like on YouTube. And uh, she got a chance to do that yesterday. Parker Eason, all the great people, and obviously that student that helps with social media were great to her. So before we get out of here, I wanted to make sure um, I already thanked him via email, but publicly I want to thank he and the staff. I thought that was a great idea. And uh, definitely now my daughter is interested in going to volleyball games. So, hey, it, what what you did worked. And now um, Santa Claus has to bring hey, volleyball her. Volleyball playing well. Yes, they are. I'm really proud of them, and uh, they lost yesterday, but they've been winning a lot as recently. I think and, that uh, makes them like 12 and four. They 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 they, they have yeah. a really good record, no doubt. And uh, so we're really proud of them. And I, I'm looking at the record. Yeah, right, 12, 12 and four. four. Yeah, 12 and four. Three so, and two. I'm always proud volleyball. There you go. Uh, but it was a lot of fun for her. And now, uh, guys, she wants a, for Christmas. She wants a camera. So I've got to. If anybody can help me out, get a camera for my daughter. A good one. A good starter. Somebody camera. buy Dave's daughter a camera. There you go. And then also a, a plug uh, <laughs> for, for for women's soccer. They are seven two and three. They're awesome. Yeah. And um and they are two zero oh, and one in the American. So um and they have a big match 
at Johnson Stadium on Thursday, 7 o'clock. It is their annual pink game, and they are playing um, playing Temple, obviously. Breast cancer awareness there, so um, get out and support yeah. the women's soccer team as they look for their eighth win of the season to improve to 8-2-3 and 3-0-1 and yeah. and oh and in yeah, the AAC. And a great breast cancer awareness, but I would advise uh, just 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 uh, as we as we uh, go for cancer charities, uh, I would donate to somebody besides Susan J. Coleman Foundation. Uh, but you know that's another conversation for a different time. We have the and speaking of the volleyball team, they have the uh, they have the game as well for breast cancer. Um, they're calling it Dig Peak on Friday. Uh, they're taking on Tulane uh, in in Greenville, so that at six o'clock. So if you get a chance, uh, check that out. All right, guys, uh, do you have anything out of Bubba? We've got a lot of great programming coming up. Uh, do you want to pitch that before we get out of here? Yeah, tomorrow night, Holt Naylor's, um, Holt Naylor's recorded a conversation a few days ago uh, with Jeff Connors for Absolute Empowerment, an excellent 75-minute conversation. Uh, we do have a snippet of that, uh, five or six minutes uh, short on our YouTube channel, so go check that out if you have not. But the, that entire 75-minute conversation will air tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, again, Monday, October 2nd. Um, Jeff Connors, Holton Aylers, of course, Coach C, worked with Holton uh, in 2018 and before the coaching change when Holton was a true freshman. And then uh, also Coach C worked with Holton as he was preparing you know, for – you know, in pro day and, uh, you know, working on, you know, doing everything he could to uh, run the fastest 40. Uh, so excellent conversation. They dive into so many things. They really take a deep dive into um, to coverages and to looking at things from a quarterback perspective as far as, as far as so many aspects of the game and, uh, and just things that I know folks will enjoy hearing from someone who, played the position at such a high level and then they dive into Holton's faith and how that got him through tough times. You know, when things weren't going as well during his time as uh, the Pirates starting quarterback and, you know, how challenging that was and, and uh, overcoming that adversity and then being able to lead the program to back-to-back bowl appearances. Yeah. And, uh, and then, so that'd be great. Jeff Connors and Holton Naylor's, uh, Every Monday night, absolute empowerment with Jeff Connors and having Holton Aylers on the big deal. Um, and, and I just wanted to say um, one more thing here as before we wrap it up. Uh, I said it last night on, on the fifth quarter call, and I'll say it here. I'm always in a book. I go in Tuesday uh, for CT scans and a uh, bunch of blood work to check and make sure I'm still cancer-free. Uh, it's a very stressful time. You guys have no idea if you haven't been through it, the anxiety I'm going through. So I ask everybody to keep me in their thoughts and prayers. I uh, appreciate it, if you will. And uh, hopefully I get good news Tuesday and I can just concentrate on football. Let's keep you. Yeah, no doubt. Let's uh, we'll, we'll keep you in your thoughts and our, our thoughts and prayers for you, Kyle. Uh, always here for you, as you know. And uh, thank you, Elliot. We'll, we'll stay. We'll stay uh, positive and uh, and can't wait to hear the news. Uh, definitely on Tuesday. I'm sure when we talk to you off air or maybe even on air as well. All right, guys, thanks so much for uh, everybody being a part of the show tonight. A big crowd. We appreciate that very much. Pirates down to uh, we're in one and four, five games in, seven games to go. By week, we'll see how that goes. 
And uh, like we talked about, join us on every part of uh, social media and our podcast player. We'll get out of here. Uh, by the way, one more time, our great show, The Pirate Football Playback, brought to you by LNK Custom Homes. And uh, make sure you take care of Kevin Walker as uh, Kevin does a great job. In fact, on Facebook, you can see a lot of his great um, great houses. His number is 336-688-8461. He's a licensed general contractor, a great pirate. He's everywhere, man. He's going to all kinds of uh, away games, home games. We think a lot of Kevin Walker. Thank you, Kevin, for being a part of the title sponsor for the Pirate Football Playback. And, of course, that's LNK Custom Homes. Had a great show tonight. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. You've been listening and watching the Pirate Football Playback, brought to you by LNK Custom Homes, right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. And, as always, go Pirates. Mm-hmm.